You're listening to the AID Network. Hey, friends, I have a quick announcement before we start today's show featuring your friend and mine, Philander Butler. Here's the deal. As we all know, the gates of Disneyland are still closed. And that's why Disneyland for Designers is still showing up every Wednesday. And downtown Disney is now open, and I've been, and it was a lot of fun. But this Friday is a very important day. It's the 65th anniversary of Disneyland opening up. And the park just simply can't do it right now to make sure it's a safe experience for all of its citizens of Disneyland and the cast members that make this place truly special. So what I've taken upon myself is saying, I think I can recreate a fully operational 18-hour day of Disneyland. Keep into the schedule, taking folks to all the lands, riding on all of the attractions, just as a fan. Just as a fan, just as a fellow lover of Disneyland, taking anybody who wants to go with me, anybody who just wants to get away from this weird world we're in right now, and anybody who wants to spend one minute or 18 hours inside of Disneyland with fellow true believers, true believers in the magic, true believers in Disney, and just, it sounds so much better than just sitting around going, well, that's something that didn't happen. It is the best way to try to make it happen, at least in our minds, in our hearts, and most importantly, in our imaginations. So you can join me from 7 a.m. to 1 a.m. If you do the math, that's two different a.m.s on two different days. You can find me over at youtube.com slash adventures in design, or you can find me over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash AID network. I will be live streaming in both of those locations. The exact same stream will be getting distributed in those two different spots because I know some people don't quite understand Twitch and some people are, are YouTube folks and that's what they have on their TV in their living room. So that's the best I can do. That's the best I can do for everyone. And the best that you can do is you can show up either for a minute or for 18 hours at Friday at any moment. If you want to see where I'm at, if you want to go to Disneyland, I'm just a click away. And so is going to Disneyland. And I hope to see you there this Friday over on YouTube or over at Twitch. What do you say we get started with today's episode with Philander Butler starting right after this? Hey, Disney fans. Do you have a Disney fan brand? Do you like to show your, your fandom by making the limited edition merchandise for you and all of your friends? Or do you like to design a shirt for the family to wear to go out to the park? Did you know that you can do all this and save money and get free shipping? By listening to this show, head over to our sponsor, jackprince.com, where you can get site-wide discounts by going to jackprince.com slash C-O-T. That stands for Circle of Trust, and Jack Prince has been a supporter of Adventures in Design, the AID Network, and the Circle of Trust since the very beginning. And they pass that sponsorship over to you by giving you a discount site-wide. So whatever you're making for your fan brand, head over to jackprince.com slash C-O-T, save some money, get some free shipping, and who knows? Maybe you'll discover a product to let you share your fandom with all your friends and fans. This is the story of a beautiful place known as the happiest place on earth. And all of its history, its secrets, and its tricks that you may find if your mind believes in design. And you allow your heart to believe in magic. Step inside and become a citizen of Disneyland. Greetings, fellow citizens of Disneyland. 
Today's episode is a very special episode. It's an episode where we don't focus exactly on one ride or the history of one land. Today we focus on something that I don't know how many people have actually considered this. We are focusing today with our good friend, Philander Butler, who's easily been to Disneyland more than anyone you know, and probably with the most interesting list of people that you don't know. Today, he's helping me sharpen my skills to make sure I'm ready to take everyone on an epic 18-hour virtual day of Disneyland. Today, we talk about how the people flow, the parks flow of energy, how Disneyland runs like a symphony, and how you listen to that music and understand how to navigate from land to land, depending on the day, depending on the traffic flow, depending on your next destination. Today's episode is all about sharpening your skills on how well you, myself, and our Jedi Master, Philander Butler, can navigate the roads, the paths, the thoroughfares, the shortcuts of Disneyland. Close your eyes, go in your imagination, and sit back and take all of these different journeys with us today. It's a very interactive and a very fun special episode of Disneyland for Designers. As two friends reminisce from a park bench, how they navigate the trails of Disneyland. Philander, welcome back to Disneyland, sir. It's always great to be at Disneyland, especially with weather like we're having right now. Oh, man. You remember a couple <laughs> weeks ago when I wrote you, and, and it, was, it was a Friday early in June, and I just wrote you, and I said, today was a perfect day in June to go to Disneyland. Yep. I I was about ready to cry when I sent you that message because I was like, <laughs> I know for sure I would be there tonight with all my mm-hmm. friends and it would have been a magical night and not I'm stuck in Long Beach on my deck and I hate it. <laughs> like perfect weather, like not too hot. There's a bunch of cloud cover. Oh, just, just perfect. Yep. We've been getting a lot of those perfect, perfect days, but I digress. So as you know, you may have heard this rumor. Uh, well, actually, it's not a rumor. It's a real deal. But Disneyland had to go back on their offer to reopen the park on yes. July 17th. And I think half, I feel like half of the people were shocked by that. And half of the people were were not shocked. Like it was a very, it almost felt like everybody collectively had their fingers crossed. Like, we think that this is going to happen. And the announcement kind of came out of nowhere. And then when they said, you know what, we just can't do it with the state of California and with the way things are going. I did a poll over on my Instagram and and it was like skewed 65, 70% of the people were like happy. And then the other people were crying. But the people that were crying also wanted to tell me like, I'm just sad it's not opening, but I wasn't going either way because I live in Arizona, but (laughs) I just wanted to be open. So it was kind of a, a weird mix of feelings, much like everything that's happened in 2020 thus far and Mm -hmm. so i thought the park's got to be open on the 17th and so many people had their hearts open and excited to be there for the anniversary and i'd like to say to everybody who's crying that they're not going to be there you weren't guaranteed to get in that too (laughs) like none of us are guaranteed to get back in the park whenever it opens whenever we want to go those are called the olden days, the olden days back in February of 2020. So, Philander, I took it upon myself to say, I think I can stream the entire anniversary day from 7 a.m. to 1 a.m., you know, 
open an extra hour for your shopping convenience. Of course. And I thought, if I do this, I got to make it feel real. I have to adhere to the Disneyland schedule of from 7 to 8 a.m. on my stream, we're stuck on Main Street waiting for rope drop. And then Mm -hmm. we will start going around the land. And if somebody pops in the live stream, they're like, Bricky, take me to the Haunted Mansion. Well, we'd have to walk there. You know, like I'm actually, (laughs) I'm going to use technology to walk through the park, POV videos, to ride the attractions. Like I'm going to really try to manage it like a real Disneyland day. Fireworks, parades, shows. Like I want to try to make it as real as possible. And now, Flander, I don't think anybody's dumb enough to hang out for 18 hours. (laughs) I hope somebody to do it. I hope somebody does. Somebody (laughs) does. They're absolutely a legend. But the idea is this. At any point in the day, you could pop in and be like, where's that maniac at? You go, oh, cool. He's getting ready to watch Fantastic. Sick. <laughs> where's that maniac at now? So I thought, before I take on this unbelievable challenge as a fan, to literally create an entire day of Disneyland with people watching me the whole time over on YouTube and Twitch, I thought, I better sharpen my skills. I better go to the Jedi Master, the only person that I personally know that maybe, well, not maybe, definitely knows the schedule and the flow of the park better than I do. But I want to put an asterisk next to things. (laughs) You know the flow of the park with your superpowers. Mm -hmm. I know the flow of the park as Batman, as the Digi... As the Disney (laughs) Vigilante. Get that out of your mouth in one take. (laughs) So I asked Philander, throw some throw some quizzes at me just to make sure that I've got my itinerary all straight. And if I promise you an 18-hour operational day of Disneyland, that I can deliver it to you. I think you can do it. You're, you're pretty good at it. You spent some time there. You know, you know the ins and outs. You, you, hug the, you hug the outside. You walk around. You, you have a good feeling. You, you, I feel like you go uh, close your eyes and listen and oh. know where you're at. Oh. Hey, that's how He's I like, go to what? bed at night. That's my counting sheep. My counting sheep is I start at the right gate and I go, okay, I'm now by the bathrooms and the little merch stand. I'm looking over at the flagpole and I like, I work my way through Disneyland in my mind. And you know what? You never make it past the hub. You fall asleep. <laughs> so what am I smelling right now? You know, what's the, what's the ground feel like? Oh, this is cobblestone. Like, oh, where am I? Oh, 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 this is the new graded curb. Did I tell you guys about Project Pixie Dust? <laughs> Everyone always asks about that. Where uh, you ask about um, navigating the park or knowing so much. And a lot of people, I, I think it was important what you said is they, they don't think or they take the the flow part out of it. Yes. Like so many people have a very natural way it's been there for forever 65 years like you said and they visit and they know space mountains on you know on the right they know that splash mountains on the left you know but when it comes to crafting you know a schedule for the day or a a way to move efficiently around because time is always in essence in my line of business or in anyone like you only get an 18 hour disneyland day or when you show up you get 12 7 you know i don't know what time you come there today but time is always important and the way to craft it so that you get the most out of your time you know everyone wants to spend a specific amount of uh their day doing as much as possible whatever it may be whether it's more food more snacks more rides more shows just just being able to get around another thing too what i find is uh when i want to put you up to the task is is 
what you think is the best as well. Because mm. I have a lot of individuals that come and they, or not even with me, even with family and friends where they're like, they would tell you, Mark, this is my day. I've only got time to do this, this many things. What things do you think I should do? Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's another like such, now you're whittling Disneyland down to its like, sp- like specific like components in it. Like, okay, my gosh, what does this person need to see? Right. If they can only do six things today, like right. they have allotted four hours for Bricky and they're like, Bricky, what do I got to do in these four hours? You're like, okay, let me see. What can I give this person to give them the essence of Disneyland in only four hours, you know, because that's all they've got. And it's like, I know you'd love an 18-hour day, but sometimes it doesn't let me work. show you. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Um, it's always interesting to find um, what people suggest with that, too, and also how they describe it. Because almost it's almost like you're selling it to the person yes. as well. Like, they yes. trust you, but they want to know, okay, well, you picked that one. Why did you pick it? And it's always... Uh, fun hearing the way people try to describe something to someone Mm -hmm. like okay Ricky picked these five things and now you have to say why I picked those five things and the person's like literally literally hanging on your every word because they're trusting you with their five hour time slot and they're like okay he sold me on why we have to do Pirates of the Caribbean like I got it you know so I want to see your description as well because I think a lot of people like I can you know why World of Color is amazing, but trying to tell someone else why it is... I know. Is, I, ...is such a challenge sometimes for even cast members to actively describe something that you could say is hard. It's very difficult to do. Like, I mean, the the very basic, it's a water show. Well, and if you describe too much, you kind of give away the mm-hmm. element of surprise, too. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to tell people, like, yo, it's a water show until it's a fire show. <laughs> <laughs> Or telling, or telling people that Mickey fights a dragon at the end, you're like, oh, like, yeah. I kind of want you to see it come up on its own. So maybe leave that part out. But you know, everything <laughs> that you're talking about, I understand. Because I, I have friends that come to town and they're they're on tour with rock bands or they're visual artists that are here in a very tight pocket of time. And I've literally had friends that have come like, they paid full price ticket and they just mm-hmm. wanted me to take them to the haunted mansion and back to the front gate. Cause that's all they had the time for. And they wanted to see it with the nightmare before Christmas uh, holiday uh, overlay. And so I, I absolutely know exactly what you're talking about. Like you'd be nice mm-hmm. to have your friends from out of town from, you know, 7am to 1am, but sometimes you show up at eight o'clock and you've got five hours to just strategically rip. And I have to say mm-hmm. Philander, like one of my favorite things about, being a quote-unquote Disneyland expert is just buzzing through the park. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, if I can get these people on a parade, uh, and then we can just immediately hop on the Main Street train. Then we're going to go over two stops. We're going to get off over at Toontown. That's going to sneak us right back up on the backside. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I love running it like the orchestra that it is. And you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Beth's like, "What's the matter with you?" I'm like. This parade is like five minutes off, and, that, and she's like, "It's five minutes." I'm like, "Not to get good spots for Fantasmic, it's not. This is not good for me." And like, you know, I'm just like, so I'm just jamming it the whole time in my mind. I'm like, okay, five minutes over here, and you know, it's just like. Then you get the one person like, "I want a corn dog." You're like, "No, you don't. Corn dog destroys the whole schedule." <laughs> and then having to redo that schedule. Oh. That's always that's one of the fun things about. Uh, working there is the constant um change to yes. the itinerary because i'm i'm tech me personally i'm technically never 
the one in control. It's your uh, guest, right? It's yeah, it's 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 trying to manage their expectations and wants for the day alongside things that just happen to come up. Right. Which you do all the time. Life. Like, oh, I want to look in here and shop. I want to um, stop to get a corn dog. Uh, oh my gosh, you know, there's Pinocchio. Can we go and say, I, you know, and then right. trying to like right. reroute. And then sometimes they have to make choices depending on their time. Like, oh, I got a plane to catch. So we've got only two hours left. So then we're like, okay, well, what can we even accomplish? And that's where you even think of like navigational things. You're like, oh, I like when the kids are like, we want to go all the way back to Incredicoaster. I'm like, uh, oh, well, you, <laughs> hey, you can Disney do that, Railroad only goes so far, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can do that, but we're in New Orleans Square, yeah. So, like, we could make that there, but we may be shaving off two other things that you'd like to do. I remember the uh, uh, a fun story before we get started. We had I had I was with a family and. They they wanted to do one last thing before they left, right. um, and the parents just due to time constraints. And I they had asked me in private because they wanted to do one last thing with the kids. Like well, we have time for one more thing. Like what's the closest thing to do? And this is on Main Street after picking up um, ear hats to leave. Well, I told them, well, the closest things that I would think are worth walking back up Main Street to do would be for the kids would either be Buzz Lightyear. Astro Blasters or the Jungle Cruise. Mm. Uh, Tiki had to cut out because it's lengthy one, and also I don't know where they would be with their show when I got there. Like we could get there and the door closed on us, and now you're waiting for that whole show to go. Astro Orbiter to me, mm -hmm. while fun, I don't. I would not pose that as a worthwhile walk back up Main Street if I had Buzz and Jungle Cruise to choose. So um, I told the parents that that made perfect sense to them. and I told them about how long each attraction lasted, you know, what we should, what we would potentially be waiting for for it as well. And they posed the question to the kids and the kids could not argue or not, could not decide what they wanted to do. So the parents ended up just leaving because they were arguing about it. Which I was like, oh, that's good parenting. You know, like they couldn't get it. Like it was, a, it was a two kids and they just could not, one wanted the other, one wanted one, one wanted the other. And they just could not get it. And, um, they just yeah. left. <laughs> when I've taken when I've taken the kids that I'm related to to Disneyland, I just tell them what they're doing next because I've realized that mm-hmm. at, at Disneyland, it's very hard for kids to make decisions because everything's awesome, and they'll tell you this mm-hmm. thing like, "You'll be standing right in front of Smugglers Run the Go. Maybe we'll ride this after the teacups." And you're like, "No, nope. You're here from We're New right York. Here. We have five <laughs> hours. You're standing there. It's now or We're it is it. never. You know." And it's like. It, it, it can come off a little uh, brass at times. And I once had a family mm-hmm. member where I had to explain to them, I'm like, look, it's cute you've been here once before and you think you know how it works. But I'm telling you right now, if you have to go get that shirt that you saw earlier today, that's pretty much the end of the evening. Because by the time you get back to Main Street, shop, get in line, come back to us, you're not going to get to do the next three things I have planned for everybody. However, if you wait to midnight, shop your little heart out. And, you know, it's just these moments where you kind of have to explain to people, like, I know you want a corn dog. It's on the other side of the parade route. That's going to be a very, uh, it's going to be a corn dog you're going to work very hard for. So <laughs> there's just these moments where you kind of have to, and I'm sure it's interesting with your job where you're like, you have to kind of be like, I'm not trying to be a Disneyland bully, but trust me, you just don't understand how difficult what you're asking is in this particular pocket of the next 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. All it's right. Like trying to decide. Load me up. 
I'm ready, Captain. I'm fired up now. Now I can just I can feel the force <laughs> flowing through me. All right. So first one, I wanted to I wanted to get your um, what you would say. So you're coming to the park. Yeah. Um, you've got we got magic happens. You know, Oof. about to come up. I would Oof. say it about. He's like, I'm ready, Magic. <laughs> I'm ready for that. I want to hear that song. And you've got no one has really sat down yet. I want to know because these people are interested. You tell them you're coming in. You're like, the new parade's coming up. You know, we've got time in our day of the things you would like to see. And you're telling your friends, and they say, okay, that sounds great, Bricky. Where do we want? Where should we see? I want to know what three places do you think are the best to watch the parade? Oh, at? so easy, so easy. <laughs> Okay, so first off, my rule as a parade is this, as a civilian. Um, if you're going to watch on the sidewalk, don't get there any earlier than like five minutes before showtime. Because the rule <laughs> is, if there's space inside that rope, people will act like they own all the space. But if there's space mm-hmm. to stand, that's your space. So you just go under the rope and you just sit, you, you be polite to everybody and you try to make buds with them. And wasting 45 minutes for a parade route spot is a disastrous use of 45 minutes of precious time. And mm-hmm. in that standing time, people get irritated. And that's when people start to give up on the magic because they're just like, oh, when's this going to happen? Now, mm-hmm. most of the parades are so amazing that you're like, you get that high after the parade comes through. And you're like, yeah. you know, and I've had people literally be like, dude, I thought I hated parades, but thank you so much for <laughs> making me stand here and do this. So three spots. Mm-hmm. My number one go-to is going to be, we're going to go up the stairs at the Main Street train station, and then we're going to go over either to the left or to the mm-hmm. right in one of those two like viewing galleys. If you have your camera around and you're kind of cool, cast members won't bother you if you're standing over there. Dead center, you're not getting that spot. It's roped off for the Club 33 and the VIP types, which I'm giving everybody the Batman vigilante digital <laughs> Disneylandy tour. So that's so you the, like the overhead look as I, it's coming around. I do because mm-hmm. what I love in if you couldn't get a overhead where it flat bottoms on either side, whether you're on the flag side or the train side, you mm-hmm. get a nice long straightaway. It pauses right in that spot. And if you want to rip picks, you're gonna be able to get a real good photo of either everything with Disneyland behind it or it's centered in front of the train station. So that's mm-hmm. my number one go-to spot. Now let's go to the very far end of the parade route because my number two spot is the Small World Mall. Up on the stairs, it generally, it'll come out slow if it's the first parade of the day. So you get more time with the floats when you're up on those, like that little high area next to the old motorboat stock. Mm -hmm. You're up high, clean vantage points, kid on a shoulder, you're still taller than them. And it comes out (laughs) slow or it's going back slow. So you get a little bit more time. Once again, you get that beautiful framework of the attractions with Small World behind you. And because it's a real kid area and it's flat and the birth of the parade route's pretty wide there, you normally get to catch magical moments of like kids interacting with the cast members and and waving Mm -hmm. to princesses and blowing kisses. And there's been a couple of tears old man Bricky has shed (laughs) in in that area. Now, those are really my favorite two spots. I try to steer clear of the hub. I try to steer steer clear of uh, Matterhorn Way. I find it gets really congested in those spots. But if it's paint the night and it's right before fireworks, then we're going to try to work as close to the market house as possible. Mm. Because that's going to get us in the crosshair 
of Main Street. And if we're looking at something like um, the, the, the 60th anniversary fireworks, uh, yes. Disneyland Forever, when the projection started, Center Street, as close to Center Street as possible is where you want to be because you get the 360 view of all of the effects. And not to mention, you're very close to seeing that little white weather balloon predict. Is that a pros comment or what, man? Yeah, everyone's like, it's like look at where the, where's the balloon going from? Hey, if that balloon, That's always a fun one to point out. If that one stays in Main Street, it, it, we're good. If it goes wide right or wide left, grab the kids. We're in trouble. Manage expectations. Abandon ship. <laughs> now, do you now are those ranked for you as far as one, two, and three in the order that you gave them? As far as like your favorites, yeah, and and, mm-hmm. and the marketplace is really um, it's dependent on if we're watching a nighttime with a, a firework combo. But yeah, those are really mm-hmm. my my favorite spots to try to catch the parade. And uh, do, would you do you alter those at all slightly or at all even really if uh, if depending on if it's an evening parade or like a daytime parade? Uh, the small world is great to catch the holiday parade because you get the vignette of small world with all of the, the Christmas lights and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And I've also been able to time it perfectly where watching if you're on a really tight trip and i had to do this after design con this year i was actually able to get a crew of like a dozen artists off at the toontown station get them in line for small world holiday and we watched the holiday parade while we were waiting in line (laughs) (laughs) so i was just event stacking i was just event stacking so we could just and they were like when you told us that we were going to ride the train one and a half times, we thought you were insane, but we trusted in Bricky Magic, and you were so right. Like, how did you know we were going to get to watch the parade from, and I was like dancing in line because it all worked out for me, and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's Santa Claus, I know him. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that that would probably be the way that I would go for it. Um, but I've, I've been a madman before, Philander, when I'm trying to film a parade, and... I've actually been able to catch a parade at both Small World and Main Street, same parade, by, <laughs> by starting one and getting to the other. The madman. Uh, that's always such a fun one, because if I'm just out and about in the park and people ask questions about the parade, there's so many, like, when they, it's like when you can't leave with them and you're trying to kind of, because there are people that I actually am with and then other people that they are just asking questions. And the ones that you can't walk with are always most interesting because you're kind of have to like they're they're gonna leave you with what you said in their mind yeah and you want to kind of try to break it down and give them as many possible options so they understand what it means so a lot of times i always like to ask people if i'm not going to be with them and they're just questions you know or like a friend is going to disneyland where should you watch it sometimes i'll ask people um uh you know what what the rest of their day looks like like did you have like a dining reservation somewhere what were your plans after the parade were you leaving like a good one this with fireworks i asked past people are you staying in the park or are you leaving like right after oh yeah that's a great crowds i tell them well if you're leaving i would try to watch it from the back of main street so you're one of the people first out this is the end because if you're watching it from the castle that's a long you've seen those crowds that's a long walk Trail of Tears. Uh, out of the, <laughs> the, the shuffle out, yeah. You know, I, I always uh, tell people, too, coming in from out of town, I say, and this works if you have kids, too. Show up to the park as late as you need to get there to stay till midnight. Because mm-hmm. I try to explain to people that after the fireworks, <clears throat> I call the fireworks crowd quitters. 
And <laughs> after the quitters leave, every five minutes after the fireworks, conservatively, another 500 to 1,000 people have left. Mm-hmm. So you just keep getting more time to yourself. And Disneyland After Dark, as the events uh, indicate, it is the most magical time to be there. So I always tell mm-hmm. people, I know you're excited to get there early first in, but that means that you're going to burn out and you're going to miss out on some of the best hours possible. So it's a little bit of a different strategy. When people stay at my house, they're like, dude, it's noon. When are we going? I'm like, Silence. Does the <laughs> does the man with one leg make a sound when he kicks? And they're like, "What is this? What is this Yoda?" I'm like, "Just trust me, I'm in the zone." And I ask also people uh, sometimes like you're they're seeing the three thirty parade, let's say, and then they may have a reservation for let's say an early dinner at five, you know, or four. Yeah. So I tell them, well, if that's the case they need to see it right when it starts. So I'll tell them, okay, you got to be up at Small World because yeah, 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 if you watch it from Main Street, that parade's not even going to get down to you until 345, 350. And then you have to watch the parade after that. Then not only that, you've got to work your way up from everyone coming down. And now you have the the potential of getting, being late to that reservation. So it's like all these factors that come with just the navigational because a lot of people think, well, I want to do these things, but I don't think about the time it takes to walk to that thing, then wait in line for that thing, then ride that thing, and then the time it takes to walk to that next thing. And it's just like so much is like constantly going to your head. But it's like little it. things like that. I love I know it. you do. I, I love that. Do. I love that that orchestra of Disneyland and just when it's all mm-hmm. playing and buzzing. You know, one of my greatest accomplishments is mm-hmm. nailing coming out on the caterpillars of Alice and like, yeah, there goes the main street parade and a monorail and a Matterhorn. Bring it on. Layer me, Disney. Layer me. Everything's moving around. Your teacups are spinning. Oh, if I would have one of those to go by. If I would have one of those sunset black crows land on my shoulder, I would have just maxed out. All right. So here's another good one for you. Okay. okay. And, and this one I'm very interested in because I think it's a good, it's, we get to the we get you're you're in the park. Yeah, you're with your friends, and like, Ricky, we only have time for one nighttime spectacular. Are we watching Fantasmic or are we watching Wool of Color? We need you, we need you to tell us. We need you to sell us on one or the other. Why should we see one as opposed to the other? So it it really depends. Mm-hmm. I would have to evaluate it on the person because. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're like a Apple phone, Tesla tech type. I'm going to take them over to World of Color because it's just so impressive from a technical point of view. If they have kids with them, I'm going to probably take them over to World of Color because there's just so much audio and and it's it's more contemporary the content that's in there um mm-hmm. and it's funny to watch little kids like wince when the whole fire thing happens <laughs> my face is melting but <laughs> philander if it's one of my friends that i knew grew up loving heavy metal and mm-hmm. and playing with he-man and just you know just kind of being into like all of that stuff i take them to phantasmic and they go, what are we doing? I go, ah, just like a little, it's like a little boat parade for kids. Like I set the expectations <laughs> real low. Real low. And then 
they're like, okay, cool. You know, and then it kind of gets a little trippy and, you know, they start to see the effects happen on the water and like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I just stand there and all I do is I stare to the right because I just want to see the top of sailing ship Columbia come around the corner. Going around. Because the fact that they sneak a pirate ship, a pirate ship, it's not an easy thing to sneak up on people. The pirate ship sneaks up. The cannon goes off. There's always somebody who next was like, oh, and they look like they're having a heart attack. <laughs> and I had a friend who is a pretty world famous tattoo artist, unbelievable fine artist. And we went there with him. And when the dragon came out and the, the mm-hmm. river was on fire, he like looked over and goes, I can't believe I'm here without my boys. And I didn't know Disneyland was this awesome. Like he's like choked up because he's like the parents guilt. There's a dragon in front of me lighting mm-hmm. a river on fire. fire. And after that was over with all these art guys, just like, you know, they look like bikers, you know, long beards covered in mm-hmm. hand tattoos are like. Disneyland is so sick. We get it now. We understand. Like they were like blown away. So I, I think it really comes down to, are they techie or are they going to enjoy that arts and crafts vibe of, mm-hmm. of Fantasmic? I really feel like that those are the, the one, two emotional punches. The fireworks are really, really great, but sometimes they hit a little bit of an emotional note that true Disney people get that strangers don't tend to. Yeah. But Fantasmic and World of Color are just magic tricks. It's, yeah, the fireworks, I, I less specifically out of that because one, and people always like, oh, when I say it is Disneyland, as far as entertainment has, I think just naturally surpassed a firework show at this point. Sure. Like a, a lot of the things that are being added now complement the fireworks. I think Disneyland or Disney just in general does it great because they are able to combine multiple elements. So you get the projections, you get the music, you get other additional effects like lighting, snow, uh, and to where you have this entire show as opposed to gestioning. Like when it's funny when we play fantasy in the sky at Disneyland and it's that short original show from way, way back in the day. And it ends after five minutes. People like what happened? Was that it? because they're so used to what they do now that even that original show and it's I think it's five minutes long and no projections the castle is just kind of like very dimly lit and it's very basic and they are almost like oh that was it because they're so used to things like remember yeah magical and the Christmas fireworks that they're almost stunned by it and I always joke around and friends and say when they were able to shoot fireworks in the air and make Walt's face out of them then I'm like, okay, now they're doing some new stuff now because most of the time it's the same thing. And then the fireworks shows are, always so, as, are much shorter, so I know they're going to get way more bang for their buck out of Fantasmic and World of Color because those are pushing almost 30 minutes of entertainment while the fireworks usually are in between 10 to 15 minutes most of the time. Uh, so I always I, I will mention fireworks usually only if I can get them to have the parade compliment like you mentioned. Right, the one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's like a, um, uh, if I can get them, because when you watch Phantasmic, you can see them from Phantasmic. Right. So they get that kind of double back yeah, and front. Yeah, and you I, can double dip sometimes depending mm-hmm. on what you're prioritizing. And, you know, Disneyland Forever, uh, when we celebrated the 60th anniversary for three years, I uh, <laughs> I tried to get as many people as possible to see that fireworks show because it's, yes. it is such a special fireworks show. And, you know, the very beginning when they cast, when they project the diamond 
over mm-hmm. the park and you're now standing inside of the diamond for the diamond celebration. I mean, that one they did such a good job too of like combining the movies but also the story of Disneyland because mm-hmm. most parade or uh, most fireworks skew either to the park or to the movies. And yes. that one was really a 60-year celebration of everything that had happened there. And I love the step into the magic. <laughs> and dude, bro, when it got to the end of that and they did the song double time, I was yeah. like, oh, how do they get the magic to leak out of my eyes? All right. And then you get the projection of uh, Walt and Mickey walking to the castle. Oh, Everyone's like, here. oh, no. Get out of and here. Then- and then, and then that soul-crushing piano song that they play afterwards when the lights come up. Mm-hmm. And basically, she's like, I know you want to cry. I'm going to push you <laughs> over the edge. Cry, Bricky Mouse, just cry. And just like, you know, my dad's looking at me like, you've been here like a hundred times and you still get weepy still. about this. It's like every time, always. Oh, yeah, you got the, um, the slow step into the magic and then Ashley Brown's Kiss Goodnight came on. And yes. that was like... One two punch. punch. My heart can't take anymore. Disneyland. I remember remember looking at my wife because at the end, that one always kills her. uh, When Peter Pan says, I think he says at the end, Disneyland is yours forever. Yeah. And that one always ripped. I just got goosebumps you saying it. (laughs) He says, uh, just think, all of this is yours. This is yours. Forever. Oh, it is mine. Mm -hmm. As long as I got that pass in my pocket. It is. Well, (laughs) until the COVID, it was all mine. And now who knows? All right. I got the next one for you. That was a good one, though. That one's, uh, that's such a, people are always like, which one? If they have one day, one night, take a spectacular, you know? And I like that you do discovery questions or you look into like what the person is, how they're kind of feeling about it. Because that sometimes makes all the difference. Like I lean for kids. Usually I lean more towards fan because I like the characters. Mm. I definitely have mentioned the tech aspect of world of color um, and how just watching it work is, is stunning. Like I think even just getting a chance to see even without the water, the fountains moving in synchronization on their own. Like if they were just doing a testing run without water involved, just watching that is, is beautiful. In between like, scenes <laughs> when they let you just hear the waterfall. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, that is so crazy because you kind of forget about it after a while. I mean, in my heart of hearts, though, if 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 I were to get back into the park, or if they're like, hey, we're doing a one night tester, and you can see one of these two, I'm personally always going to pick Fantasmic mm-hmm. because I just it. I love, I love the layering of that show where it's like when we're looking at something on the water, they're building something on the island. Mm-hmm. And when we're watching someone on the island, they're queuing up the next thing on the water. And I just yeah. love the sleight of hand of a magic trick of, you know, one part is always hiding the next piece. And I really love mm-hmm. that sort of, it's more like watching a very elaborate children's school play. Whereas yes. World of Color, you just imagine like 800 IMAX, like running the whole thing. <laughs> just one big giant red button to start it. And that's yeah. it. You sit back and watch. Well, it. we got to shut down the computer farm for Midway Mania. And then it runs <laughs> World of Color. And then we turn Midway Mania back on. All right. This one is an itinerary one for you, which is oh, fun. Okay. okay. So let's say you're heading to the park. Yeah. Uh, you had friends meet you at the, uh, the Grand. You guys had a delicious... Uh, breakfast as storytellers mm. uh, cafe you're heading in the park uh, you had breakfast around 9 okay. you're heading in the park um, and it's 10 when you get in come through the beautiful grand gate which I always love I love when you come in in the morning I don't know if you've been in there in the morning and of course. Grizzly's running and the fog is like kicking up from yeah. Grizzly and it has like this like smoky air that's 
awesome and it's quiet still so like I'm no in one's DCA, really at that side of the park and i'm going and, through the grand california entrance and you come out and you've got three hours to do essentially the highlights of the park oh, because yeah. you guys have a 1 p.m lunch at carthay okay so what not only what are you going to do but what path are you going to take to do it to in your mind get you back to uh carthay at one o'clock okay and I, do i have children with me or is it just adults tell me it's just adults, just adults. okay thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's just adults okay yes yeah, just adults it's a, a bunch of friends of yours from out of town out of town um Perfect. you sold them on carthay told them it's amazing uh, a lot of history in there, of course, which is amazing, but that's kind of your setup. You just got to get them there by one, and they just want to see the highlights. They're entrusting you with uh, showing them the best that DC has to offer with that about three-hour time period. Uh, I would say it's also for just for your thoughts on the attractions. Um, it's not a particularly busy day. Obviously, let's just say the longest wait is about, let's say it's January. Okay. I'm getting a vibe. Yeah, thirty vibe. minutes is probably the the highest wait for the attraction, like for the park. Like the park is doing like a uh, DC is doing like a ten a.m. to ten a.m. to eight p.m. You know, January, nice slow season. Okay, I, I this is the this is the path that I'm going on. I'm going to come out of the entryway and I'm going to take a right, but then I'm eventually going to turn right on that left hand turn where it used to be where uh, everybody would smoke. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. So immediately I'm just taking Those them on smoke. I'm taking them on a lap on the backside of Grizzly Peak so that they mm, can it's a beautiful area. So they can get a sick pick in front of the waterfalls. They can see people having fun. We're going to cruise around now and we're going to show them the cat cuz people are just like how does he know that a cat lives there? So I show them the, <laughs> the the two cats that live right over there. And the first things first, they're in from out of town. We're going to just go do Soren. And I'm going to say this to him. What do you think we're getting ready to do? Because I'm not going to tell him what it is. I mean, what do you think? And they're like, oh, it's probably like you like sit in an airplane. You ride around. I'm like, yep. Whatever they tell me, I go, yep, that's what we're doing. So then I'm going to go to the cast member. I'm going to go, can we please get the middle section, front row, top row, if possible? You won. I want to be right in the middle. So we go and we do that. And then they're like, oh, my God, California's sick. And hopefully it was soaring over California and not world. Mm -hmm. But world's good, too. Although that Eiffel Tower and Taj Mahal needs a little bit of work. So now <laughs> we pop up and I'm going to just take them on a quick walk through the Hollywood lot. You know, we're just going to walk down uh, sunset there and just kind of observe it all. But I'm like, we don't really want to get into riding anything, blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to come over to Guardians. And we're going to, there's, there's not single rider on guardians, right? Mm. Okay. So we're going to allot our biggest amount of time for guardians, but if they're friends of mine, they're probably into Marvel. They're probably into movies. They're probably in the entertainment industry somewhere and they mm. will really get a kick out of that. So that's going to eat up a lot of our time. Now, Avengers campus isn't open yet. So we're going to, unfortunately we have to backtrack the way that we I came. Know. We have to backtrack, <laughs> but the beauty in the backtrack is is that when we come back around the bend for the first time ever, they're going to see the majestic Radiator Springs. Yes. And I'm going to take them straight down Route 66, single rider line. That's going to be 25 minutes or so. We're going to see each other when we line up the race. I'm like, oh, look at you. You're with that family. I'm with this family. Sick. They have convicts riding in the car with them. And then we're racing. Then we're racing. 
And then when we get done with our race, I'm going to take them out the far way. So we get to see mm-hmm. the second archway that takes us over into the Pacific Wharf area. Yes. And then we're probably, they're going to go midway mania. I love Toy Story. I go, no, 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 no. Not today. You don't. Not today. You don't. <laughs> Not today. I'm like, you, you don't want to get stuck in this line. You know, it's it's really, really fun, but I, I will lie to them about motion sickness. And I'll say, if you had to ride the incredible co- Incredicoaster, maybe I'll let them go that way. But what I'm going to probably try to do is just do a walkthrough, Pixar Pier. And then around the backside, I'm going to do Ariel because it's quick, it's magic, it's dark ride, and it's a, it's a quick win. So in my three mm-hmm. hours, I was able to give them four attractions and pretty much see a majority of DCA and how it runs. At that moment, mm-hmm. I feel quite confident taking them over to Disneyland and be like, we don't need to go back over there for the rest of the day. That would be my mm-hmm. loop that I would go with. If they're hardcore roller coaster people, I might adjust it because I know people really like the Incredicoaster. I yes. only wrote it one time <laughs> and my review was this. Beth, if I throw up, put it on Instagram. That's all I can get out. <laughs> my phone get it but it's coming <laughs> if they want to ride it i'm i will crush some jack jack num nums no doubt about it it's like i'll take a picture of you at the launch absolutely <laughs> but that would be that would be my dream loop if i could get my guests from out of town to to feel the magic of soren the uh and i would tell everybody the entire story of you know this used to when we're over at guardians this was originally not built for this and sort of give them the mm-hmm. magic of how rides evolve. Also explain to them how the elevator shaft system works. Radiator springs, I would explain to them, you know, like this is a combination of a lot of other technology. This is the park growing and just, you know, really kind of break that all down. And then walking through the pier, you can just point out all the little fun facts like, hey, I interviewed the lady that designed this beautiful emotional whirlwind. Um, mm-hmm. But then we're going to we're going to bend back around. And, and I think Ariel is a really great way to close it out and just get that easy win, you know, because people are yeah. always happy when they're in and out in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I love that you included Ariel, too, uh, because I, th- it's, I think it's always important for someone visiting Disneyland to make sure they do some type of dark ride, even if it's just one. Right. Um, because that's such a quintessential Disneyland or Disney um, attraction experience where you just sit back and let them tell a story around you, especially even hats off if you can make an Omni mover. Like that is uh, always great. But I love you put um, uh, Ariel in there for that reason. Because you could pick, I think, so getting racers is always really important or just even a walk through Cars Land is, you got is yeah, just for people to see. Because it's, and I'm sure you've seen when you bring people to Disneyland, they, they believe they have an idea of what they're going to expect but then are usually consistently blown away because they didn't think it was going to be that much more detailed or that much more fun uh, based off of whatever they had in their head. Because I think people think of the family or kitty aspect of Disneyland right. mostly right. and not the the attention to detail, the believability of these locations. Like that part is always right over the head. You know, Philander, what I used to do with people is I would take them over to Tower and then mm-hmm. I would bring them through Bugsland. And right when we got to the edge of bugs land where it's tough to be a bug theater was i would mm-hmm. always make sure that I, I would position myself on the left side of the group and i'd just be like pointing over at like because i would love to do this i love pointing at the back side of of the grizzly peak mountain and mm-hmm. say most amusement parks would build a wall or build a fence disneyland yeah. 
builds a mountain to divide the park in two halves. So even though right now you're seeing a waterfall and trees and all this, you're really looking at a giant partition to emotionally Mm -hmm. separate it. And because they're so dumb and they're looking in that direction, (laughs) they never look back over at Radiator Springs. So therefore, Mm -hmm. I can roll them all the way around the back park. I can take them through the pier. And then the very last thing I do is I take them through Pacific Wharf and I walk them in Radiator Springs through the back way, through the Grand Mm -hmm. Arch. And they're walking through the Grand Canyon. They see flows. And then when you're standing in the middle of, of... you know, the the cross street and, and 66 and you look up and down, you're like in the middle of it. And that was always my yes. favorite way to sneak people in there, because once you see Radiator Springs, the rest of the park is it's good, but you've already mm-hmm. seen the best. Yeah, that's like always the people that I have been in the park, family or friends that want to start with racers. And I was like, well, this is like like peak peak DCA attraction. Other ones are great, obviously, but this is like so much all at once. Or people used to say that after getting off of um, Rise Resistance, like, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like not all the line, not all the cues are going to be like that. Just so you know, you know, it's <laughs> I, this I, is like higher end. We were talking about Rise of the Resistance on the show the other day, or on one of my live streams, and somebody said I was group, you know, I, I got it, and I was like group four, and I was like, if you're basically group ten or under. You're not even part of the resistance. You know what I mean? Like you're basically first order if you're in one of the ten groups that rides it. You're not resisting anything. You are already on the starter screen. Yeah, it's like, I don't trust that intel, bud. Yeah, you're absolutely right though, because riding racers first is like if if let's say that you know reincarnation was real and an angel's like, so you want to start off rich and die poor, or do you want to get rich at the end of your life? I'm like, oh, I want to build the wealth, bro. I don't want to start. Mm-hmm. I don't, like once I've had the silver spoon, I don't want to take it out of my mouth. And that's riding racers first is exactly that. Yeah, that's why I, I think in my normal navigation of going with like either working or family or friends is always doing either the pathway that you took with Soren or starting out with the pier with racers always being in the middle of the time, just from its position in the park as well. Right. right. Uh, and then working my way around that way to get to it. That way I, I would always, I always hoped I could get them to convince them to the pier side just because um, that would have me take them through the wharf through the, that archway specifically. Um, when you think of the different ways you can access these lands, some of them at least, that was always a uh, a favorite just because if they didn't know they just knew that that was a big ride or a next big thing we were doing they always would get surprised by that being oh. to the keyhole that we talk about all the time the blessed keyhole where you know they get the oh what is this like oh look at the rocks here and then they're like oh and then we always they always want to take a picture right there sometimes red hangs out there too for photo ops mm-hmm. and that really does a great bit of of storytelling but Hey, here's what people hate about me is that I don't watch the movies. And so (laughs) for a long time when I would ride Ariel, I'm like, come on, it's Disneyland. When are they going to fix the two eyes on these ills that have burned out? (laughs) Not knowing that one of them was supposed to be Ariel. I'm like, come on, man. You'll either like take both of the eyes out, have one lit out and one dark. And I kept Mm -hmm. waiting for them to fix it. And then one day I was Googling something and I saw a photo. I'm like, you really should watch the movies, you idiot. (laughs) <laughs> it's like these one they, they just can't get these eyes to work properly <laughs> all right fire me up with the next one, one. i'm loving this all right um you have a choice okay and let's say this is 
we'll go with different times of the day. So you have a choice. You're rope dropping Disneyland with your buds. They've never been before. And you have a choice of doing one or the other. You can't mix it up. Okay. Um, and this counts. Let's take the Rise um, boarding group out. It has been it's three off. years now. Off. It's just part of the part of thing. Gets a big weight, of course, because okay. it should always. But it's the no more boarding group. Do you start Disneyland clockwise or counterclockwise if you're rope dropping in the morning? Um, I like to go counterclockwise because mm-hmm. Tomorrowland is the worst of Disney and it gives you the <laughs> capability of getting the worst part over with fastest. Now, I'm not necessarily a rope drop guy. I'm more of an evening guy. So mm-hmm. I get to walk through and get the ambiance of, of Tomorrowland at night because it's all lit up and the music's like, you know, it looks like something's happening. But when you kind of try to dig into it, nothing really is happening. And then... I like the idea of going in that direction. If I was maybe rope dropping, though, I could see the appeal of going, you know, Adventureland, Frontierland first. But I feel like starting off in Tomorrowland, especially if you have an adult group, it just gets better and better as you work your way around the circle. Mm -hmm. Because Galaxy's Edge is very fulfilling. So is New Orleans Square. Adventureland isn't a bad place to end strong if you could do Jones. And, you know, if you were literally doing everything and stand to the circle, you would just mm-hmm. want to sit on the Jungle Cruise and almost smoke an imaginary cigarette like I had a, <laughs> I had a hell of a day today. We did it. <laughs> Pass out in the tiki room. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> we I, did it. I would go that way. And also, if it's a rope drop situation, uh, fun fact, Tomorrowland has the best breakfast sandwich you'll ever have. That, I've heard you bring this up before. Oh, my Lord. They're just like, this is like, oh, let's put everything on bun and people will love it. And they were right. People do love it. That's always an interesting one. Now, if it's that you change that if it's the evening. Uh, no, I pretty much always kind of stay. I kind of stay that path. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will generally I will walk across the top of mm-hmm. Fantasyland, but I really like if I'm going there with people from out of town and they want to ride stuff, I don't really dip my toes in Fantasyland until mm-hmm. 11 p.m. Um, yes, you did mention that. Because it's the table's been reset because of the fireworks. Mm-hmm. The kids have gone home and you can literally crush everything and then 11:58 is when I stand in line for Peter Pan unless I'm getting some sort of specialty treatment. You might know about that. Maybe a little bit. Now, would you? Now, do you? Do you walk through? Now, would you? Do you? Would you walk through Fantasyland to Galaxy's Edge, or would you dip down, down Matterhorn Way in front of the castle, going into either Frontierland or Adventureland? I, I really like taking the. Um, I love showing people what I refer to as the outer hub, which is mm-hmm. the trail that you know that takes you um, uh, around, like. Snow White, you know, it starts over by the Pixie Hollow, and you can essentially stay on that trail, and you can either get off at Frontierland, or you could go even further over to Adventureland. I mm-hmm. really love taking people on that trail, because there's typically nobody on it, especially when you get over by Pixie or um, uh, Fantasy Fair. It's yes. generally pretty abandoned. People are like, Ricky knows this like VIP route, you know? <laughs> and, you know, you're just cruising, and you, you keep looking over at the hub, and it's full of people and in front of the castle it's like a thousand selfies are going off and so you're just cruising in that that outer hub and I love to stop and show people the Peter Pan tree and you're kind of you're, you're dipping from land to land and uh, now that they've really expanded it over on Frontierland I, I love taking that way and in fact 
Philander, to, to, to bring up this. A year ago when they were doing the four groups, four different time slots for Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. I took a Club 33 member, a Disneyland film director, a Disneyland artist, and, and two other people. I took them that way, and my bud carries is like, I've been coming here forever, and Bricky still knows <laughs> things that I don't even know. And they were like, where are we going? And when we ended up by going that route, because we had like a four o'clock slot, and it was just jam with people. When we ended up over at the edge of Tomorrowland, they're like, how did we get here from Tomorrowland? Because, you know, you had to go over to Launch Bay to mm-hmm. to get your, uh, your bracelets. Um, and, you know, many people just stayed at Launch Bay because it's so sick. They're like, Galaxy's Edge, who cares? I'll stay over here. But for those of us that went on, we went that way. And um, I love taking that path. I refer to it as the outer hub. I think it's just such a time saver. I love that it's there. And people, I feel that way where you said by the Peter Pantry is like that. When I walk people down past Bibbidi under the yeah. castle, people are like, whoa, but that way too. Way? Well, yeah. <laughs> Or when you walk them through Fantasy Fair past um, Rancho de Zocalo, yes, yes. they're like, where are we at? <laughs> Especially if it's, like you said, if it's like a nighttime, when it's like completely devoid of people now because people are committing themselves, either going home or some nighttime entertainment, it's like dark and quiet. and Or, or especially when Fantasy Fair is like, they're done for the night and the, the, the area is like empty and you walk past Absolutely Rapunzel's done. Tower. Yeah. They're like, where are we going? <laughs> yeah, that that way and you know you hit a good restroom that normally doesn't have a super long line for the ladies um mm-hmm. so you go through that main artery and if you if you do it right it spits you out at the rivers of america the only time when you wouldn't want to do that that's one of those things you got to be like phantasmic's happening mm-hmm. got to go all the way got to commit to adventureland or i mean you know the, the beautiful thing about galaxy's edge now is it gives us a way to circumvent and go around rivers of america yes which i i mean you want to talk about being a nerd. People were like, we're going to get Rise of the Resistance. I'm going to be excited about Smuggler's Run. I was like, we finally get to do an entire loop. Mm-hmm. No more getting stuck back in Hungry Bear <laughs> and coming back around, you know, going back. So, um, yeah, that would be the path that I would go. But, man, I, oh, I, I can't wait to re-navigate those trails. I love it so much. The um, one of our hard and fast rules there too was if someone wasn't interested in watching Fantasmic to to knock out the west side first because of oh, yeah. how what Fantasmic ends up doing to that side of the park with uh, them taking away all the, the main walkway arteries because it's a, it's a tightly compact area so if if they were not watching Fantasmic we were starting on the west side so that we that part was done as far as them wanting to do everything at least one time and we wouldn't have to be trying to navigate that side of the park um, during Fantasmic. Another reason for me while uh, uh, working would be their interest in Splash Mountain uh, if I knew they were interested in that because I could very easily convince someone to do it when it was still hot and the sun was out yeah. as opposed to if it was now I started Tomorrowland side and walked around by the time we even got to Splash Mountain now you're talking it's like 7 at night right, if right. we and now, if they were going to do it, they are not now because it's dark and it's cold. Yeah. So I always kept that in my mind, too. Like, was that something they were actively interested in? Like, oh, we're not getting wet today. Like, people have told me that flat out at the beginning. Like, we're good. No grizzly, no splash. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Um, but if they were, and I started in California Adventure, we were going to Disneyland, I would 
know that and I would start on the west side because by the time let's say you entered Disneyland it'd be like in the early afternoon I'm like I gotta get them on Splash now because if I do it counterclockwise by the time we get over there nope they're not gonna be like oh it's too cold now and now inadvertently and they would not necessarily blame me per se but I'd be like I technically kept them from getting on Splash because I chose to walk them the opposite way yeah so it's like again those what we said those little things like that are always like oh you know you're thinking so much about how to make these decisions you know and I know those people that will get on Splash at like (laughs) oh yeah 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 (laughs) and they don't care and I'm like how do you not care about leaving with wet jeans like I know the physical (laughs) effects of that it's not fun and for people who don't know this fun fact the plaid vest is completely scotch guarded and waterproof <laughs> and Flander has a whole collection of photos of him taking the splash and there's just little beads all over him family's drenched he gets out hey they bounce off look at me I'm slick so here's how you use phantasmic in your favor if you're doing the quick rip mm-hmm. i've taken people before along the you know the outer edge of adventureland uh for whatever reason, people with strollers love hanging out in front of Indiana Jones. And you Why take, is that? I don't know. It's like <laughs> the number one favorite place to congregate. Mm-hmm. So I take people along the, the, the high road. And then I mm-hmm. backtrack in to Pirates, right? When Phantasmic's getting ready to start, we do mm-hmm. Pirates and it's a walk. Yep. I pop them out and then I take them over to the Haunted Mansion. And then we, we mm-hmm. rip through that. And if I plan it right... When we come out of the Haunted Mansion, we walk straight over to like Fowler's Harbor and take a little slight right. And it's just in time for them to see the fire, the dragon. And mm-hmm. I've been able to do that before with people. And you want to talk about a strong, you know, half hour. If you time it right and you do pirates when the mass crowd's waiting for it to start, you do a quick Haunted Mansion rip and you can get there and get the end of the show. People's heads are spinning around because that is a serious Disneyland one, two, three punch. Mm-hmm. But I never even... I never even equated a responsibility of trying to time when people would get over to Splash Mountain because I only ride it when people are in from out of town and they insist upon mm-hmm. it because I've done it and it's just not worth walking around with wet jeans. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see once it's turned over to Tiana um, how people will look at it. Like it's like, oh, well, now I have to go on and get myself oh. wet because I need to see this new this new thing. You know, for for crazy of an attraction it is. It's always had an insanely long wait on on warm weather. Mm-hmm. I feel like this rebranding of it is going to make it insane for quite a while. Like yeah. a really, really <laughs> long time. And, you know, once again, people hate when I say this, but I don't know the context of the the boat in the tree but i'm mm-hmm. so excited to see to see it to see that <laughs> rebuild up there and i think that is uh-huh. such a cool problem solving how that's all going to come together so I, i'm i'm really excited to see how that comes together but i think it's going to make that probably not the way that i go to galaxy's edge for a, for at least the summer <laughs> yeah, like i'm not gonna walk by that way no. i'm gonna take the i'm gonna go past big thunder all right let me see what's your next one here oh um this is another time crunch one. Okay, I love that. I know you enjoy. Um, so you're gonna you are you're gonna be going to fan. Okay. So you're gonna see Fantasmic. Okay. But your uh, the way you kind of planned out the day is you're uh, you're gonna be with buds in um, California Adventure or let's say downtown Disney, probably that like they wanted to potentially go out and get a drink with their dinner. Okay. So it's either they wanted to like. You know, a little uh, 
some spirits with their dinner. So it's going to be either DCA or downtown Disney or potentially hotels. Um, and you're going to see the nine o'clock Fantasmic because after that, you're going to be doing your uh, your uh, Disney twi- Twilight time period where you crushing. run them around. With- <laughs> Let all the quitters it. leave and just start crushing. <laughs> So they want a t- uh, they want a, a a decent table service meal with alcohol, of course, to go along with it. Um, what are what location would you take them to, and what time would you try to hit the reservation at to get them to Fantasmic at nine o'clock on time? Wow, that that and it's is... not in Disneyland. Okay, so that takes out. Uh, okay, okay, so we got to get. They want to drink, and we want a time. A nine o'clock show to Fantasmic. So you gotta get there, yeah. We wanna be leaving a restaurant in downtown Disney at eight thirty, eight fifteen. Like I just mm-hmm. wanna be completely safe about mm-hmm. it. So probably what I'm gonna recommend because of its ambiance and its menu is I'm gonna probably say that we're gonna eat at uh the bowling alley there. Um mm-hmm. Because Splitsville, all right. Splitsville's got good vibes. If they're in from out of town, there's like cool California stuff to take a pic in front of. And it just, it feels like a party's happening. So mm-hmm. if I want to get out of Splitsville at 8, we'll say 8.30, then I'm probably going to make that reservation for like 7, 6.45. Just, I like to play mm-hmm. everything nice and safe. Now, Splitsville mm-hmm. gets me in an interesting situation because if I get out of there, and I can look and see where the monorail's at. I might be really tempted to take a tempted. monorail, <laughs> take a monorail back into the park, go around uh, uh, Fantasyland, dip through the castle, come around like how we talked, go through Fantasy Fair, pop out at the uh, Mexican restaurant there, and then we're right at Rivers of America. And then I'm going to go over to a cast member, and they're going to go. Do you have a ticket? I go, no, but we really want to see it. Is there any place where we can stand? (laughs) Come on. Because I always get there too late to get that fast pass. So I'm always kind of like, Mm -hmm. wait till it starts. The rope goes away and we Mm -hmm. go into the back. But yeah, that's probably how I would. But that an evening dinner, leaving the park, it gets really, really tricky. That is that is a huge thing that I have uh, done with so many like not even just either work or with family and friends where um, people have and it's such an you know you almost expect that someone they're gonna want an adult drink with dinner like I don't blame them especially after a long Disneyland day you've been there you know, ten hours eleven hours you know and uh, getting back into the park like having to like think about the distance going through the turnstiles again you don't even know how many will be open how long that will be um and if you're getting the fan too that means you're going to be potentially walking down through people prepping for fireworks also oh it's like it's a nightmare scenario mm -hmm. and choosing restaurants like that our table services i like needed splitsville because i believe that they based off of just knowledge of their operation uh, they would be able to get a quick meal out. Like I always like, I like to suggest Carthay to people, but the way they run their kitchen is like a slower, more paced like yeah, service. If mm-hmm. you go to Carthay, that's almost your evening event. And and mm-hmm. if you get anything bonus, you know, if they let you go out on the balcony and see like paint the night go by or or catch the fireworks, it's a bonus. But I feel like when you go to Carthay, like that is your evening entertainment. Mm-hmm. 
Because then I would have to put it like at potentially six o'clock because Carthay loves to do the whole show with their thing. Like it's a big deal for them yeah. and and trying to crush their service down really quickly is really tight. So I don't even suggest that. Um, going as far back as like Lamplight Lounge, that's like, ooh, that's a distance now. Like I wouldn't like, because mm -hmm. you're essentially uh, going through the core of one park to the core of another park. Yeah. <laughs> like those are the things that people just, they, it just, you, you don't think about it. Like you, the meal at Lamplight's going to be great. You're going to enjoy yourself. Oh, the best cheeseburger in the park. Mm hmm. But just that distance. And that's only just like, because you're, you're placing so much on the wait staff at that point and right. the restaurant itself. Right. And like you said, always taking care to, you give yourself that extra time because you just don't know and you're putting a lot of pressure on uh things that you're just not in your control at all the like i am the, the fastest premium restaurant the one that is premium and is experienced but they pump you in and out is blue value mm -hmm. out of all the like more experiential places you'd eat that's the one that's got speed on its side because it's valuable real estate like you're inside disneyland but if you're doing Carthay Circle, Napa Rose, Steakhouse 55, if you're lucky enough to go to Club 33, like all of those things, that's your entertainment for the evening. And any mm -hmm. bonus that you get before or after that is great, but it's almost like you go there to do those things. And I sort yeah. of pitch it to people. I'm like, you know, I know Docking Bay 7 is not exactly what you had in mind, but, you know, is our priority a great meal or to keep crushing mm -hmm. Disneyland events? all those discovery questions yeah. like i need to know all of the these different factors so that i can help you make the premium decision you know and so we know like a good restaurant uh, like a place that has, has saved me tons of times just from them not only having a space like uh to put to like get into pretty quickly without having to make a reservation far in advance and then get out really quickly has always been storytellers cafe because they do it. their buffet dinner i love it so i know that not only will the family that I'm with or friends, they could sit down to a pretty decent meal, not necessarily like as good as Carthay or whatnot or Blue Bayou, but it's buffet. So they don't have to wait for the food to be cooked. They turn tables quickly because you're not waiting that long for that service. And it puts you in a pretty decent proximity to get back to World of Color in time um, or still even get back to the park. If you walk through downtown Disney, kind of like if you were going to Splitsville or whatnot. Right. So they, that's always been a good one. But that's always such a like, oh, it's people a are dice. like, well, can we go to Steakhouse 55? And oh. then give, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if I'm going to Steakhouse 55, it's probably my birthday. And when mm -hmm. we're done eating, we're just going to take a celebratory lap around Disneyland and soak up the Christmas yep. vibes. I'm not doing Steakhouse and then trying to stack like candlelight procession after it. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like an insane person that thinks you can, you know, because Disneyland is. A, B, or C, D, all of mm -hmm. the above, that's not on the table. That doesn't yeah. exist. It, you, it's always, mm -hmm. it, are you picking this or are you picking that? My pro tip about Storyteller is that if you're doing an all-day rip, you know, you're going from, from 8 a.m. to midnight, start in DCA, crush DCA, then when you're done with DCA, around 2 o'clock or so, go to Storyteller because you're still on the lunch pricing, Mm -hmm. You get ice cold AC, you get a booth to sit in, you get table service, so you don't have to make weird decisions while you're standing in line. Very <laughs> clean and private bathrooms to recharge your, your human. And I just find that if I can get uh, the crew that I'm with to do a nice AC service 
2.30 lunch at Storyteller, it's almost like I can look at them like an iPhone and I can see their little battery mm-hmm. go from red to yellow to green, and then they're ready to go rip the second half of the day. Oh, the reset is so crucial, important. man. So important. And I also tell people this. This is the one of the best pro tips I know. If you're mm-hmm. going to Disneyland on a max capacity day, a Christmas, a Thanksgiving, a 24-hour party, make a reservation at a restaurant in the park because you're guaranteed to get access even if the park is sold out. You go up to the mm-hmm. gate and say, look, here's my phone. I have dinner reservations here at 7 o'clock. Even though the park's sold out, you're still getting in. Those reservations yeah. are crucial to guaranteeing access. Yeah, make sure you don't get stuck out. Everyone's always worried about, like, if we leave, is this going to be it? Like, oh. <laughs> Flander, when I go back in, whenever this is over with, that's it. I'm not leaving again. They've already locked me out once for 100 plus days. I'm going in there, and I'm now just a Rivers of America person. Like, I just live in the river. I Whatever I fish out, whatever, like, if sometimes I get a fish, sometimes I get an old turkey leg. I'm just living <laughs> off the Rivers of America. Living on Thompson Island as well. 100%. Like the bushes. Where I come from, that was already more than what I was destined to have. So I can just, <laughs> I was born to be a river person. I'm going to die a river person right there. There's old, there's, there's old man Bricky out on the boat <laughs> in the morning. I'll be this generation's Mike Fink. Fink. I'll gladly do it. <laughs> That'll be your cabin over in the corner. Yeah. Oh, it's on like, fire oh. again. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Like, who's that guy? Oh, that's old man Bricky. He, he lives here now. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't let him tell you a story because it's way too long. It's going to go on for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> All right, let me see. What's next for you? Um, ooh, okay. All right, you are going. All right, you got some friends in town. This is the first time they've ever been. They brought their kids. Kids oh, are like, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I had to give you one kid one. Um, they brought their kids. One is, let's say, hmm, you got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. <laughs> Seven-year-old's tall enough to do everything, but you got the three-year-old. Yeah. So we're going to focus just the one question on three-year-old. What is the first attraction you put that three-year-old on? They've never done, been to Disneyland, and they've never done an amusement park anything before. This is pure first theme park Disney thing experience. What is the first ride you put them on? So this is a crucial question because if you break the child, mm-hmm. you don't win their trust back again. Nope. So uh, Disneyland Railroad might be applicable mm-hmm. if we don't go into that was the Grand Canyon today. <laughs> now I'm going to scare the hell out of you, little baby. Um, I love that soundtrack so much. You know, somebody pointed out that parts of that soundtrack are also in A Christmas Story, which is pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think, man, you know, kids love Winnie the Pooh, but the storyline of Winnie the Pooh is like, Mm -hmm. it's really, really rainy. Let's go get really high. And then (laughs) suddenly it's your birthday. (laughs) So I think probably what I do with the kid is it's a small world feels like Christmas. It feels like toys. The music can be a little loud, but it's not like Mm -hmm. abrasive. They're floating in a boat. I feel like It's a Small World would would win a child over because Dumbo could kind of maybe create a little bit of motion sickness that could kind of get them going. Mm-hmm. And, the height, too, yeah. Yeah, and like 
Alice in Wonderland is great, but it can be a little noisy and distracting at times. So I feel like Small World is a safe bet. But then if it was, if we want to go a little bit more adult, I've also seen young kids have a really good time on the Jungle Cruise because mm-hmm. we identify the alphabet with animals and it's not constant noise. You know, it does have mellow moments, especially if your skipper reads the room and can be quiet. Um, mm-hmm. But I would be worried about like the, the cap gun and, um, yeah. you know, it can get a little rowdy at times. And also, you know, if the skipper's playing more to the, the adults and they start to do the boat and reverse moves and all that stuff, a little kid doesn't know that we're riding on a track and could mm-hmm. get a little panicky. So I'm seeing small world is probably the safest bet, but I know babies love launch bay. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of crawl space. Yeah. Crawl space. <laughs> Have fun, man. Have fun. This is always such an interesting one because the parents are almost like putting their trust in you because they don't know either. Right. And you're almost like, well, I don't know your kid. So I'm asking like these discovery questions of, well, let me see, because I've I have seen in my time uh, kids come crying off of absolutely every attraction, including sure. small World before. Sure. Um, for different reasons. Like it's it's such a an interesting thing with each kid. Um, and how they feel about it specifically because Peter Pan as amazing is can be too dark for one kid or like you said Dumbo motion sickness or being up high uh, you know that spin like you said is is wild um, Small World is usually a safe bet because you can kind of count it as a dark type ride but it is completely lit inside the music is great because it is uh, a repetitive tune right. that someone could hook on to thank you Sherman Brothers um and it is, um, it's a, uh, it's light, and it, it's like uh, a light song that kind of bounces along with it. The boat is slow. Um, another big one is getting to sit sandwiched in between your parents. You know, I always have to remind everyone I go with, doesn't matter if I'm working or not, the fact that your kid has to ride alone in front of you on Matterhorn, and if mm. they do that. Like it's different riding, getting to hug your your niece or your nephew, your son, your daughter on Big Thunder or Space. But when the kid is in front and they cannot see you at all, they're on in their those own moments. They're yeah. on their own. Like yeah. you're behind that's, them. That's a real. That's an adult moment for a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. you think about that. And they're like, you're going up, and it's dark, and the Yeti's like, whoa! You, you see him on the ice <laughs> on the side, and the kid's like, what is? Going and on? you know, there's nothing worse than the first thirty seconds of a ride when your human goes, "You've made a mistake." Yep. Because mm-hmm. then all you want is the next two or three or four minutes to be over as fast as possible. You know, I didn't say the storybook boats because I know that young kids are are very afraid of strangers. They don't know yet how to order their mm-hmm. own drink. And that ride can be very intimidating when you're just touching knees with somebody you've never met yeah. before. Although the pacing of that one is nice. But then again, with today's kids... That are being raised on iPads. I don't know if yeah. that that might be more of an adult ride as it transitions mm-hmm. because we understand miniatures and model making, whereas kids are just like, "What does it do? When's it going to talk to me?" Yeah, a ride where you go on and nothing is moving, like everything is in its place. Like that can be considered by many to be young kids to be super boring nowadays. Where at least in small world, other things you've got at least audiomatronics or some kind of physical. There's some kind of kinetic energy Something's in the attraction. To you. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's that's a, it's small world is, is usually the best bet. I love that you had a jungle cruise in there. Besides, obviously the cap gun, which you know they, that's going to scare them or not, or the piranhas at the end. It's pretty tame, you know. Um, otherwise, I've never seen kids just usually aren't worried about that. But I have seen where you're putting a lot of emphasis on that kid, and they're like, oh, because I've seen them where the parents want to start with the things they grew up with, pirates on a mansion. Oh. You're like, oh, <laughs> dude, I took a I took a, my nephew. Uh, mm-hmm. Granted, here's a kid that when he was like four, I showed him what Kiss was, and he loved it. So I got him a Kiss <laughs> action figures and a Kiss blanket. And everything that he wore had a skull on it. I showed him how to draw a skull. Everything he wears has a skull on it. Like, the kid loves skulls. The first drop in Pirates, and he was, like, done. He wanted to get off the boat. Like, it doesn't work that yep. way. You got to do the whole thing. <laughs> and when we came around the corner of the skeleton and, you know, the, the storm, and he's he's at the, 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 the steering the ship there at the mast, he like full on like cried, and I saw a motherly part of Beth that I still haven't seen before. I'm like, you're hugging mm. a crying child. Who is this woman that I married? We're just <laughs> not kids, people. And my nephew was broken, broken. Mm-hmm. And I, you have to manage your expectations with kids at Disneyland because they're emotionally numb the whole day. They don't mm-hmm. know how to verbalize what's going on. And I've learned that. Kids love Disneyland the day after when they can start to tell yeah. the story in their own words. But when they're there, you're just like, are you alive still? Breathe. <laughs> Blink if you're still with me. Um, and I've really learned to have to manage my expectations with kids because Disneyland kind of crushes them and breaks them in a way that you're, yeah. as an adult, you're like, we're going to go there. It's going to be sick. We're going to do 16 hours. Six hours in, Like one of my favorite things about being a guy who shuts it down is I love mm-hmm. seeing the parents who are like, I paid $125. I ain't leaving till 1 a.m. And their kids yep. look like heroin addicts in the strollers. Mm-hmm. It's like just all the kids that are like just everywhere. Like I, it's crazy. And I once had to haul a six-year-old that was numb from, you know, you can't take the stroller past downtown Disney. Yep. That's a long haul, man. It's a long walk. That is a and long you- haul. You see those kids are all on the shoulders of the pair. Like that's the best sleep you'll ever get in your life is those kids that leave Disneyland. They they're out and then they wake up the next day at home yeah. and don't, really, don't even realize how they got there. It's such an over. It's so much stimulation. You have the music, the attractions, lights, characters, balloons, bubbles, other people. You know, just the people. crowds. Ugh. Yeah, it's you know, it's. Um, I grew up uh, touring in bands and and doing music festivals and being on tour and being in venues every night. So the, the chaos of Disneyland is just feels like a second home to me. Like I, I can go mm-hmm. to any event and I don't get, you know, I'm not afraid of crowds or whatever. Like I can just sort of like, I know how to just be like, well, this is my two feet of earth. And if I just focus on this two feet of earth, I don't have to worry about everything around me. But you know, if Beth hasn't been there for a while, she's like, Oh man, I always forget when I come back here, how much chaos happens in <laughs> Disneyland. Like controlled chaos going on. Like, we all we know what's going on and where people are going to, how they're moving there. But it looks like to the person who hasn't been in a while, like Beth or the first timer, they're like, "What is happening?" I know. I know. And I always tell people, like, <laughs> trust me, these people know how to to run humans like nobody else. And they also somehow have created the magic of masking tape. They just put masking mm-hmm. tape down on the ground. And people are like, "This is where a line starts. This is how we now flow." <laughs> but you know, Philander, we were sitting at home. Thanksgiving, this goes back years. 
Thanksgiving 2019. Maybe you remember that time. It feels like emotionally a decade ago. It's like 20 years ago. We, 20 years ago, it was Thanksgiving 2019. And... It was cold and it was rainy and we made all of our food and we're kind of sitting around. We don't have any family out here. And I just pulled out the app and I go, Disneyland's empty right now, Beth. And she goes, you know, mm. I can maybe go for an evening Disneyland rip. So we texted a bud of ours who we knew was kind of looking to get into something. And the three of us, we walked around a rainy, cold and desolate, just desolate <laughs> Disneyland. There was nobody anywhere and that was the first night that i saw that the cast members in galaxy's edge have those indoor rain slickers oh yeah, oh, the, yeah bro. The, mm -hmm. <laughs> the like indoor green yes mm -hmm. with like kind of like the airbrushy camo uh-huh and um you know we were able to just walk into ogas and it wasn't crowded and we were able to sit where we wanted to and Man, oh man, night. those are just magical, magical locals nights when you're like, it's cold and it's raining. The app says nobody's there. I can't get there fast enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm off the way right now. They're open late. I can do it. You look over where I was sitting. There's just two little smoke clouds. <laughs> it's out. I'm on my way. It's nice having that kind of like, you know, I always look at, it's interesting to look at people who have, uh, the the local or the person who's been there before and then the, the individual who's on a vacation the 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 different states of relaxation or yeah. pressure on that trip um which is why i know why so many people end up doing like tours because they they are it's such a chaotic like or even asking like ricky i need you to just take me because i'm not even sure what the heck i'm doing and you know i know you know so just i'm just gonna go with you like i i totally understand that um, some people just, I don't have the time to research it. And it's, oh, there's such a pressure that comes with it or not even knowing what's, what's good. I mean, Disney does also does a fantastic job of hiding everything. So, you know, <laughs> while the ride says Pirates of the Caribbean on the outside, you're like, well, what the heck is that? Like, there, it doesn't say, you know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. People have a fear that they're going to do it wrong, that they're going to miss something or they're going to mm -hmm. do it backwards. And it's like, you know, I have people all the time, like, I, I can't go with everybody that asked me, but I... I have a couple of like little tips that I'll tell people and I ask them, you know, what's your priority? But, you know, I always try to skew people into going late. And because I think when you get there, unless you have an incredible endurance, Disneyland from open to close is a very, very hard thing to do. And I, I feel bad for tourists on a one day ticket park hopper that are just trying to get oh. it all in. And, you know, in many ways. They're going to have an amazing day, but they're just not mm -hmm. going to get it all in. And that's when you got to really prioritize. Yeah. And they've the feeling of like not getting your money's worth or missing out on the, the to do thing, you know, like, oh, nobody told me about Pirates of Care, you know, and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> we didn't do that one. You know, I feel so cheated for people that don't get to do certain things. But I think back to when I went to Disneyland Paris and I only had one day, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff I didn't get to do, but I still left being like, man. That was pretty awesome and, and pretty special to get to do something. Speaking of Disneyland Paris, um, I'll be very curious, and this is just me speaking as a fan. You don't have to comment on this, but I'll be very mm -hmm. curious to see when Disneyland reopens, a socially distant Disneyland reopens. You know, in Paris, they have those two different like arcades that run the outside of Main Street. So mm -hmm. you can go behind the shops. You can actually enter a store on Main Street from from behind, or you can go in the front door and go out the back door. I'll be really curious to see if if here in Anaheim, if we leave those back pathways 
open more just to give people a hmm. less crowded experience. You know what I mean? To kind of come yeah, and yeah. go down Main Street. Because just when they open up those doors, I know it's not like themed to their desirable level, but it mm-hmm. really does lessen the burden. So I wouldn't be surprised if those doors are open more in the future. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh and I think it may be because um, I'm I'm actually curious to spot Disneyland. I don't have any particular inside knowledge on on what their plans are, but just the way the parks are even are, are are laid out, you know, Disneyland is so much more compact, and those wide walkways that a lot of the other resorts are getting to utilize um, is not a thing at Disneyland. No. So they're going to have to make different decisions while you can take some things and use them universally across the six resorts like some of them have to design things specifically for where they're at yeah just because of the way things are laid out i saw already just from friends in um hong kong and tokyo hong kong was not um they didn't they weren't spacing out on their grizzly gulch coaster so like they had families you know row one row two row three or four but tokyo they were spacing out so i was like that's an interesting difference between two obviously two disney parks but run by two different you know uh management teams about how they're deciding to do this you know obviously the lines are important the the markers are important but with disneyland like i I think specifically of those pinch points that you and i've been talking about like new orleans square that's a tough one you know granted i think the the attendance being so low won't make it as big of a factor but right but those are it seems like the goal is week by week to slowly add in another thousand people or another mm-hmm. two thousand people or another five thousand people. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like I'm totally whatever they decide, I'm gonna trust their judgment. I'm not gonna complain because I just I want mm-hmm. it back and I want it to feel safe and who knows better than they do. They're so good at, at people management. But I'm fully going into Disneyland with expectations that some areas will now be one way only. Or yes. there could be cast members that are enforcing when you're going to Adventureland, you know, on the right side of the road, you're going towards Galaxy's Edge. And on the left side of the road, you're going back towards Main Street. And it will mm-hmm. there will be a, a people flow like that. And, you know, in many ways... Um, I've kind of enjoyed social distancing because there's a lot of people that they know they're there when their stroller hits your calves. And there's a lot of people that don't understand like waiting in line and giving human space. So Mm -hmm. in some ways there will be some things I'm guaranteeing everybody. There'll be a couple things you go there like, not for nothing. I hate wearing the mask, but I really appreciate Mm -hmm. the way that this, this attraction runs now and the way that it loads and it loads out. So I think that we will see some things that we feel is like a plus um, mm-hmm. Just on getting more space, but yeah, it's it's going to be <laughs> so fascinating to see what changes. Like you're going to be like, you know what? This mask is not the best, but I really am appreciating this non uh, non boarding group thirty minutes spaced out wait for a rise of resistance. This is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there's some things I'm like this isn't that bad. I, I this, yeah, is, this like, is the new normal. Sign me up. And then there's going to be other things I'm like, oh, remember the good old days. Remember the good old days when you could just like <laughs> go here or do that or decide which way you wanted to walk down one of the paths? When someone didn't direct me. Okay. This, I the last few I, I put into one giant one for you. So this oh, is a big one. Okay. A riddle. So this is, yeah, this is a big one. So this encompasses almost like three questions in one. All right. I was like, okay, this will be like his like kind of big challenge one. So the first one is you have. You're going, you're entering into Disneyland at noon. Okay. With your buds, all adults, 
out of towners. Um, they have time to do essentially seven attractions to give them the Disneyland experience. So they're trusting you with what should be seen in that time at noon. Um, and you need to slide a quick service meal into that seven attractions. Um, and I want, and you got to tell me the flow of those seven incorporated with the quick service meal okay. in there. Okay. All right. This is tricky. Because <laughs> I was going to say Bingle Barbecue. Mm-hmm. But if I want to do the meal mid trip, mm-hmm. it's either going to be the very like beginning or the very end because Indiana Jones is one of the seven you've got to do because people yes. from out of town love it. But Indiana mm-hmm. Jones is that's either going to be your your strong closer or your blow their socks off starter. Mm-hmm. Um, Pirates is another one that has to happen, and so is the Haunted Mansion. So I almost feel like that three-way right there, we're going to go in indie, we're going to do Pirates, and we're going to do Haunted. So we're going to go boom, Mm -hmm. boom, boom, boom. One at the other. Yeah, so that's going to put me over at the end of New Orleans Square. So Mm -hmm. Hungry Bear now is looking like a good option, but Docking Bay 7 is Mm. such ambiance and also yes. a bit of a healthy food so if they're you know junk food guys and they want to you know get down and dirty fair food I'm going to say let's do Hungry Bear <laughs> and go to mm-hmm. the very end where we're sandwiched between the boats going by and the Disneyland Railroad you know if you go to the very peak of the day yes. you're at that pinch point where you've got a lot of ambiance going around you um, both ships and the railroad yeah I mean it's just right there and, you know, if, if you got Columbia going by, that's right where they shoot off the one cannon to, to scare <laughs> yeah, away get folks. the Columbia cannon. They're, Bricky, what was that? Ah, oh, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. <laughs> Some kids were trying to sneak in the park and they blasted them right off the fence. <laughs> so that's my three. So I'm going to let the dietary restrictions sort of figure out because Docking Bay is also great because the outside deck, you have just people cruising by. Yes. You have the soundscape of over the top of you um Mm -hmm. and the food there's really it's good um Mm -hmm. whatever you get whether it comes with it or not like don't forget people you can always go a la carte at disneyland so the blue cornbread muffin yes die for so even (laughs) if your dish doesn't come for one add one of those on you'll thank me later um so those are going to be my two i've got to do something in galaxy's edge so, I mean, is Rise on the table or is that not on the table? I'm putting Rise on the table. And I am I feel like I want to do that because if you are giving anyone a Disneyland experience, or at least that has got to be one for like the over the top, like, you know, especially if you're showing them things like Mansion and Pirates, the such the progression of Imagineering right. or over time, like it, that almost needs to be seen just to show... Uh, the succession of like history and how WDI, even though they were or wed was amazing back in the day that these new kids coming in are doing it. If just as good, you know, while people go argue about what's better, blah, blah, blah. They are, they are keeping up with their, with the pioneers that laid the ground work before them. Obviously they have much more technology, yada, yada, but I'm going to have you keep that on there. Don't worry about the, uh, the boarding group. Okay. I also love they did docking bay because, 
I've also convinced tons of people because of its proximity to Ronto, Ronto Roasters uh, to grab that too. Oh, and they yeah. both kind of are right next to each other. You can go two ways. If you just want to do a, a, a Ronto wrap, you could go that way. And that tattoos, Tatooine Sunset is such a great oh, drink. God. A little cup of sugar. Drink. Get you so going. Good. Um, I would say this, though. The, the cinnamon roll for breakfast at Docking Bay 7. I know we're on another planet, but can this planet please import traditional icing? Because it's just not <laughs> sweet enough for this hillbilly. Okay. Need a- so I've got it all figured out. We're going to go... To Indy first to sort of show mm-hmm. them that middle child. Then I'm going to walk them over to Pirates and say, this is the beginning of audio animatronics. Then I'm going to take them to the Haunted Mansion and say, this is the first ride constructed in Walt's absence. We're going to do one of those two places to eat. Rise is going to show them the promise and the future. We're going to exit out and do Big Thunder Mountain. And I'm going to tell them at the tallest point, Look over your shoulder because it's one of the greatest views of Disneyland you're going to get. And now we've done mm-hmm. five benchmark, like adult type things. It's time mm-hmm. to rechange the pace. So I'm going to look at the line for Peter Pan. And if it's just crazy, I can get the same nostalgia on Alice in Wonderland. And it's yes. one of the only attractions that goes indoors, outdoors. But we got to crush a traditional dark ride. And then I'm going to finish up with Small World because telling people the story of the 64 World's Fair, how all that came together. Keep in mind, Walt didn't always have an endless checkbook. He was a freelancer yes. just like us and had to get work where he could get work. And the fact is, like, I will build this for you, UNICEF, but can I take it back <laughs> home to my park? And, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we won't need it after that. We won't need it. <laughs> so I would think that Indy... Um, Pirates, Haunted, Rise, Thunder, Pan or Alice, Small World. That's running, as we say, that's run the jewels of Disneyland. That's really Mm -hmm. kind of giving you a little bit of everything. I don't know if this is cheating, but I'm done with Small World. I would love to walk them over to Toontown and take the train back out so we could go through a little primeval. I mean, train (laughs) is an everywhere attraction. That's like one of those things like, do you count this as an attraction or transportation? You're like, well, you know, (laughs) that's like when I bring up to people that the monorail used to be your ride first. Yeah. And they're like, what? They're like, yeah, you just, is that it? You just went around? It's like, well, yeah, but remember, this was 1959. Like, you're looking at now like, oh, we didn't even do anything. We just went over the top. It's like, yeah, but in 59, you know, sitting in this thing was pretty cool, you know. (laughs) And the fact that it took you out to harbor. So it was because mm-hmm. Walt was obsessed with transportation and Utopia yep. predates the highway system. So, you know, you got to keep in mind the fact that the monorail runs parallel on Harbor. It was leaving the park and saying, this is a glen- glimpse into your future. Um, and I, I really think that's a sacred part of that. On opening day, though, the Disneyland Railroad, that didn't cost you a ticket. That was just free with your admission. I believe that one was just free for admission. Yeah. Work me through this. Opening day, there's two trains running, two train stations running. You mm-hmm. could get on the main street train station, and that would take you around, or you could get on the frontier, and that would mm-hmm. circumvent main street, but wouldn't let you back off till you get to frontier. When today we get off at New Orleans Square and we can hear mm-hmm. the echo of Walt in the background, and we can see the mm-hmm. old frontier station to our left. Yes. Did that always sit there, or did they pull it off the rivers of America and put it back there? That's not its original location, that. right? No, because they've constantly moved the train stations. Like, I think besides the the obviously the original at the very front, they all have moved 
at least one time okay. with I think the the Toontown that Fantasyland one has probably moved I think the most because it used to sit where Small World was right mm-hmm. yep. and, and then it got moved over then there was no Fantasyland for like 20 years and then they mm-hmm. did the Videopolis and then it got rebranded to Toontown yep which is wild that just <laughs> to think of that. But I was trying to, I was looking at old map and I'm like, okay, so the frontier land station, which looks pretty permanent sitting there. Yeah. It, it looks does. like a, a museum piece. I'm like that had to sit way closer to the rivers of America. Cause mm-hmm. you're a good haul off the river and what would have been between those two points. But mm-hmm. yeah, that if I had seven that I could take people on, that would be, an order that I would love to go on because they would end, you know, they would start off with having their expectations like blown away and then yeah. they would end with sort of that, you know, the, the kiss goodbye as we hear so mm-hmm. much, you know, sort of the fundamental magic and going down to classics. But also all of those attractions pretty much give me the ability as a storyteller to share mm-hmm. something really, really significant about Disneyland inside of those seven rides. Mm-hmm. I also love that you put, um, if you do the Galaxy's Edge one, you've gotten them off of Rise, and now you're talking about Rise Mansion, Indy, and Pirates at lunchtime, like at that break, oh, yeah. where their mind is like, at What's that next? point, it's like, it's buzzing, where yeah. they're like, oh my god, I can't believe what we just did at that point. You're just like, I know, right? <laughs> and really, it would create a really, like, if they really were at that point, they want to be cutting, like, Let's say it's one of their first times. They're like, okay, now I'm blown away because I thought this was for kids. I thought it was like, mm-hmm. you know, balloons and teacups. And then if you started to tell them the story of how Adventureland was an audition for New Orleans Square and yep. Galaxy's Edge came from that, then they would start to realize like, oh, it started out as a hallway, went into like a little city town square and developed mm-hmm. into a whole, you know, 14 acre stretch on the backside of the park. That really kind of gives people the idea of how everything at Disneyland borrows from its rich history. Mm-hmm. I also love that you, after lunch, put them on something that. Um, did you? Were you doing Big Thunder after? after when were you doing Big part Thunder? Two. That's Act Two. Yeah. Act of the Act Two. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. It's a good path walking around. Big Thunder is always a fun one for me when I'm walking around with people because it sits kind of in the middle, and now with the pathway going around the Rose America with Galaxy's Edge. You're like, oh, am I doing it coming out of Galaxy's Edge? Or are we doing it beforehand, then going down to like Pirates Mansion Splash? Like it's that like odd middle one that's like not on the rim. Because even though you could say Matterhorn's in the middle of the park because of the lagoon and Autopia, it counts as like the border of the park as well because you can't walk back there. Big Thunder is like that oddball e-ticket that sits like directly like in the center and you have to walk through lands to access it as opposed to keep it on the rim that you like to do when you do your big move around. Yeah, and, you know, Matterhorn's great, but it would kind of break up that emotional one-two punch. And the thing about Matterhorn is if you got people in from out of town and let's say they got a flight the next day, Matterhorn <laughs> is rough. And as much as I yeah. love the pockets because you know if we're doing this in seven hours it's starting to get later you might catch a sunset or you know i love looking out the different holes of matterhorn to get all these like vista points of disneyland but it is a rough rough ride and i think locals maybe like it better than big thunder but big thunder has that story and i would love the idea of when you bring them around you could be like you see all this little old cowboy town like this has been here for a long Mm -hmm. time it got moved over whereas 
you can kind of tell Matterhorn's story quite easily when you're walking yeah. by it or when you're waiting in line at Alice. You can be like, well, you see that? And blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And there's a basketball court in the top of it. And- <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is that? Or they tell, they tell you, hey, Bricky, have you heard? Uh- <laughs> no, I haven't. That's amazing. Thank you for wow. sharing that with me. Bricky, I just saw this amazing thing. It's called the Imagineering Story. What's that about? And in it, they had this old guy who went up. <laughs> so you don't say an old guy, huh? Oh, really? What's his name? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember, but he played up there. <laughs> He's like, that's amazing. Did the old guy right, have so- a little bit of attitude, like a chip on his shoulder? Because then I might know who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, um, all right. So your next one okay. is the same thing. Okay. Um, we'll say it's like in the evening now. This is like your prime time. Okay. Uh, but it's going to be DCA. So you're going to fit in that dinner QSR, kind of like how we did for Disneyland side. It's right. DCA. And it's going to be um, four attractions this time. Okay. So you're four that have you have them see like DCA for what it is, you know, okay. a little bit of history in there or it's current, like how it is in its current incarnation. So yeah, four uh, you're in there about evening time, so 5 p.m. I know you, that is going to, I'm sure you're going to try to shape uh, that car's land. Uh. Oh, come on, man. That sunset. <laughs> well, we're doing quick service too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So it's 5 o'clock, and I'm going to look at my Apple Watch. The sun goes down tonight at 8. So this time around, I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to knock out Guardians first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to judge the time, and I'm, I think I can do Guardians, and then I can do Single Rider Racers, and that's going to get me on Racers, like sort of a little bit of a Dusk-type setting. Yep. Then if all goes according to plan, I'm going to take my little babies over to the Cozy Cones. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend Cone Queso. Yes. And they're like, why don't... And this is how I love to cruise Disneyland without Alatonis. So I'm like, let's go get our food, and let's just sit over here. So mm-hmm. we're sitting there, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, yeah, that starts happening, and then it's just like they're like, "What's going on here?" Um, so that would that would blow them away, and I got two attractions down. So I'm gonna probably, if I'm sitting right there, and we're in that like, uh, I, I got to do something over on the pier. You know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. switch this plan around. We're gonna do instead of mermaid this time. I'm gonna take them on Incredicoaster because uh, they're roller toaster, roller coaster types. Because the pier is designed where the sun drops down behind it. It's yes. beautiful over there. Beautiful. And then when you get off of that, if it's nicely fully lit, it's great. And then this time our exit is going to be soaring because uh, it's yes. dark. You're going indoors. You're coming out. And you know maybe if we plan it just right. When we're walking out of Buena Vista Street, we might be able to catch a little fireworks over across mm. the other part, which I love that too. But yeah, I, I got a lot of love for DCA. And I think I think Disneyland, socially distant Disneyland, will see way more changes than DCA. Mm-hmm. DCA has the wider, more modern walk pass. You know, with Disneyland, we're retrofitting something that's 65 years old. Yeah. There's a lot of old bones, a lot of evolution <laughs> and a lot of history that we have to redesign for the current state of being. So I think DCA will probably feel the most familiar to us, but Disneyland's going to be a wild one. And it's an inch, it's crazy too, because now we're looking at like, um, uh, uh, 
the Galaxy's Edge and Project Stardust, you know, that it will end up helping this current incarnation of Disneyland in these new times as well, which is like so uh like you couldn't even have planned for that, but it like works out so well. I know. It's like they just literally last year finished a year long project of taking mm-hmm. out curbs, widening walkways, cutting back planters, moving trees, moving benches. It was almost as if it was planned for this moment. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That's why I think <laughs> Bill Gates is in charge of all of this. <laughs> like they were even just starting, I believe, if my memory serves me correct, they were just starting to do their widening for the Frontierland. Um, yeah, that's still going on right as well. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like how, how perfect. Like couldn't even have... Just for the for completely different reasons. Philander, do you uh, think that if we, you and I are at the 100 year anniversary, just two old guys at <laughs> 2055 standing there with the rockers, um, do you think that we'll still see Frontierland in Disneyland? Oh. Hmm. Dan. That's a great question. It's so much land. Um, and, oh, there's a part of me that says no. My heart wants it to be there because Disneyland needs to have those areas that are just relaxed and calm. Like, it can't be the it can't be the Six Flag coasters all day, all night, right, thing right. like that. There has to be those areas um, that are just... The Twain, the Columbia, um, it has, those have to exist. And I know that they've, I remember when Big Thunder was being added, that was because people were getting tired and bored of Frontierland. And I, I feel like Big Thunder is something that will always be there because it has stood the test of time of being something that is not, not something that's so, it's thrilling without being like, overbearing in a right. sense where it's a everyone balance. can do it. Mm-hmm. It's a perfectly balanced coaster. My favorite one that they've made at that resort for sure. Um, ooh. Because my idea is this. Mm-hmm. I think Rivers is obviously there forever and the, the boat mm-hmm. rides in Fantasmic and when they put in Galaxy's Edge they really committed to Fantasmic by putting that hidden warehouse above, by the waterfall. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I almost see that becoming absorbed by New Orleans Square and whatever the future of Critter Country may be. But yeah. I think that Frontierland, we're so far away from people really caring about Westerns and that idea. Mm-hmm. My heart would break because if you look at Disneyland from left to right, it's a timeline of America. You go from the frontier to Main Street to Tomorrowland, and it's a timeline of the American story. But I almost feel like there might be a moment when it feels so outdated and awkward mm-hmm. that there could be a better vehicle to get people over to the rivers of America. And there mm-hmm. might be a more appropriate reimagined area in there. That being said, I love the sounds of Frontierland and I love walking. Mm-hmm. Like if I can, I love walking on the wooden walkways in front of the the, the, the shops and the restaurants there. Mm-hmm. I love the Halloween tree. It's the only Halloween yes. tree I know of. I go there <laughs> every year and make a wish, a Halloween wish, and it never comes true. <laughs> but um, it, 
it could be interesting to see if that's one of the original lands that lasts through th- through the first 100 years. And I think even too, like agreeing with you, they may like, I could almost imagine getting smaller. Yeah. Like that almost seems more likely than the outright removal of it is them devoting more land to like New Orleans Square um, or something or, or even Adventureland to give that more, those more, because like you said, that's just the time period that... It's just that it doesn't hold nearly as much as it did, especially when you had programs that supported its existence, like Zorro and uh, Davy Crockett. Yeah. You know, it was almost like that's such a, a core thing in like the zeitgeist of pop culture that helps support that space. And call me crazy, but I don't see Disney Plus rushing out to make any content that supports that narrative in 2020. <laughs> the new Davy Crockett cart the, uh, and, uh, show on Disney don't, Plus. Don't worry. We got this. We we know how to do that. Are you sure? No, we, no, we got this. Yeah, Davy I mean, Crockett for modern audiences. I mean, I you know, I think that the shooting gallery probably has limited years on it. And I will, mm-hmm. I'll tell people, it is really, really fun. Like, most people, like I talk to people that are born and raised out here, they've never put their quarters up on the counter and gone at it. But one yep. night, me and a, a friend from San Diego and a friend from England, we must have put $20 in that thing. And we Ooh. were having, a, I mean, it's really, really fun. Because when you start shooting, you're like, well, if I shoot that train, you, you don't really realize that it's all interactive when you're just cruising mm-hmm. by it. Like something that costs more money? No way. Over my dead body. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I could see that. Um, I guess that's the northern side of it. I can mm-hmm. see that maybe becoming something else, but the southern side of it is so immaculately curate, um, immaculately curated, curated, mm-hmm. and it's actually very tied into Adventureland, right? Like a lot of those shops are the backside of Adventureland, and some of them are even actually mm-hmm. walkthroughs where you can cut through land to land. So I see that island as being pretty set in stone, but the other side of the road feels like it could be a question mark moving forward. Yeah, because I think a lot of those uh, Big Thunder, like the attractions in that area have kind of are going to like have their moment mm-hmm. from where they have set, they're like kind of set in stone there. They are um, either so much a part of the, what Disneyland is, um, or also they are just very simple to maintain, to operate, um, where they're used in some kind of nighttime entertainment to where their value there is more than just, you know, we get into the whole thing of people like, well, you can take out this and take out this. Like, it's like we're just plucking things oh, yeah. out. Like, Legos, it's such an easy around. thing to do. <laughs> but a lot of, I think so much of the West Side is locked in. Um, and I like, in, in talking about Splash Mountain so much over the past week, like I'm sure you have as well with people, um, it's never one that I imagined necessarily that would be there forever, especially because the movie, you know, Song of the South is not one that's so ingrained in people. Like when right. people love Splash Mountain, it's more so the attraction, obviously, right. opposed to the film, you know, because Disney has made sure to, you know, not have that available for people. It's like, I love Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox because of Splash Mountain specifically. Um, but it, it's that's not one that I would think the only thing that would make me think that they would keep that is because it acts as that water attraction that Disneyland, while it doesn't necessarily need it, like a, pl- a thing to get you wet, it's, it's, but it keeps uh, it well it's, rounded, right? Mm-hmm. It keeps the park. Like there's so many different options, like right. having that type of wet flume, ride. That would have been the only thing that would keep me safe. Have it keep safe 
in my mind. Now with it being Tiana, it has a very popular, um, which is amazing just because not a lot of people gave it its time of day when it was in theaters. Um, gives it that like kind of pull that will hold on to it for a while and Disney yeah. will always be pushing its princesses for long after you and I are gone because yeah. that is such a part of the fairy tale aspect of Disneyland it's princess characters so I think that will s- s- settle in with Tian and be there for probably longer than Splash Mountain was ever there because that was what 89 30 years for Splash Mountain yeah. yeah they just had the 30th birthday yeah that'll Tiana will extend that well beyond I think 30 years because she's got that like timeless fairy tale story that's set in like the 1940s ish that will kind of last um but yeah frontierland is so specific like the rest of them make so much sense um about staying on past 100 adventureland being that like that that wild that area of the world that you're not so familiar with but you know it exists Fantasyland, obviously the 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 fairy tale Fantasyland is set in stone after the yeah, 83 rehab like that's that <laughs> one, Fantasyland and Main Street like that center spine of the mm-hmm. park that's is dialed locked. in and I also think that Adventureland is very dialed in it hasn't dated and you know it it represents sort of this exoticness that most people mm-hmm. would never get to encounter I mean there's a couple things in there we both know could be cleaned up and probably will be quickly but I feel like if Frontierland makes the course I feel like that it skews Mexican and and pays tribute more mm-hmm. to like a Mexico type vibe on the other side because just the whole frontier and, and cowboy type time it doesn't make sense but if it were you know you've already got the restaurant there on the corner if the rest of that would skew more in that way I see it lasting a lot longer if mm-hmm. it can diversify like that and I also feel like with you know our our cultural makeup here in Southern California that would be a really sweet thing and. I'm all about the snacks. So if it goes that way, <laughs> I'm over there with $20 in my hand. Sign me up. But yeah, that, when I was doing a little bit of research about Disneyland and, it's, you know, how Walt basically didn't have IP. So he packaged mm-hmm. up America and sold it to his guests, knowing that if you love great America, episode, by the way, thank you. He knew that if you loved America, you would love Disneyland because it was themed <laughs> after this thing that you love. But I'm just looking at it. And I'm thinking, you know, that is just a part of entertainment unless they do something crazy I'm like we're gonna buy west world trust us <laughs> <laughs> you know so many people philander like bricky you'd love west world you're in amusement parks i got halfway through the first season I'm like what about me made you think <laughs> that this is a fantasy that i would be inclined to go get out of here <laughs> i think like you i've had so many conversations with people where it's that that whole dreaded ip thing which i love having that conversation with people where I, we have, and I, we, you and I both know, and I think other people do as well, that, he, you know, it's like Walt was not, he wasn't, he wasn't an idiot. Like he needed the draw. Like that was the biggest thing. Like what's right. the draw? And every land there is based on a draw. Like, or I think I mentioned it to you about Disneyland at the very beginning being that draw specifically. And then once he knew that he had kind of got people, then in the 60s he's like all right now i'm gonna get weird with it now because i've got you now and now i can kind of experiment some more because i've i've got my fan base you know we're worldwide known i can now start to play around with things and i can make this haunted mansion while i may not have necessarily dropped that on you at the very beginning due to technology and how you would have felt about it this now feels like now i can bring this thing in i can bring in these pirates i can bring in 
you know, all this other stuff. But so much of it, I, that IP thing always is like, oh, it's such a buggy thing to me where they're like, well, it's all this. I'm like, there's so many. And I think it was you that mentioned to me, like, that didn't even cross my mind when you mentioned me that, of course, a Haunted Mansion is an IP because Walt didn't invent ghosts no. or pirates. Same. Like, yeah, you're I mean, going into a Haunted Mansion because you love that part of like the mystery of ghosts and spirits and things like that. And that draws you to this attraction. And Walt did not create ghosts, a ghost house, you know, or yeah, a haunted I mean, mansion. He created those ghosts and those pirates mm-hmm. that we all feel like we know. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, when I looked at galaxy's edge, I was so happy with the way that they did it because if it was just everything from the movie, it mm-hmm. wouldn't make Disneyland special. But the fact that there's, parts of galaxy's edge that you only get to experience there it mm-hmm. makes it like Adventureland, you know it makes it like yep. new orleans square and um yeah i mean the guy gambled everything Big time on, everything on disneyland and so he was trying to hedge his bets and just make sure that you know people would show up and be like what is all this and <laughs> and you know he did a really good job of sort of of going past present and future and with the future, really the optimism that America had in the 50s and its architecture. And, you know, mm-hmm. we hadn't gone to the moon yet, but people could feel that that was on the edge of what was, it was happening. It was coming. You know, mm-hmm. we, we didn't have our our transportation dialed in, but people could feel that that it was happening. You know, I'm, I'm going to start going with this, Philander. A lot of people say, don't forget, it all started with the mouse. I'm going to be like, get out of here. That's for the movies. The park, yeah. it all started with the train. You know, mm-hmm. his love of trains. Yep really got that place buzzing because every guy that builds trains after you get your trains you spend all your time building the model village around it and yep. that's what disneyland was Keep for adding a, to it for mm-hmm. a rich guy you know <laughs> did did i did i pass my test is there any more on the list before we part ways today you have you have passed the test you are ready for your 18 hour your big day huh? <laughs> you're ready for the 65th anniversary of disneyland i hope you come over to the feed this friday and you just oh, I'm popping in there for you sure. turn it on and you just see me in my head going I'm uh, <laughs> just kind of like well uh, <laughs> yeah you uh, did I, here's the brick wall <laughs> just pointing out random there's, stuff there's, now there's only point. one real flag <laughs> <laughs> this kind of looks like a hidden Mickey I don't know yeah was, hey check it out uh, you know that I'm done. <laughs> When I just start playing Imagineering story and you don't see me in the feed anymore. Yeah, so, uh, just having that on the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, bud, I, I appreciate you helping me sharp my skills. And I have to say, we just invented a game show for a very specific type of maniac. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, knowing how the park runs and knowing how it buzzes and the people flow and all that stuff. It's like it goes to prove that you can keep leveling up your love for mm-hmm. the park because when I think about it and I, you know, you and I've talked about this before of just opening up the app when you're waiting for a flight just to see what's happening at Disneyland, mm-hmm. you get a real like contact buzz. You know, it's not open right now for you and I knowing that it was opening and that, mm-hmm. that it was alive and that people were there and enjoying it and looking at the ride times. Like there's just something about the kinetic energy of how it runs on its own that mm-hmm. is a whole different level of love for the way that it works and for that magical place. You're like looking at the app, seeing the times and you're almost putting your yourself in yes. your mind down into the app itself and imagining what like, oh, my gosh, let's see. 
Peter Pan is 45, you know, Toad is 20, you know, Pinocchio is 15, Snow White's 10, King Arthur's 10, and now like I can like see what that fantasy land looks like in my head. Right. Like I can see the people in it or I'm like, "Wow, you know, Peter Pan 25, you know, <laughs> what's going on? Is there a fire? What's going on? <laughs> Where's the fire at?" <laughs> oh my gosh. I I I like to do that for uh, I've been doing a lot to think thinking of you. I've been doing it a lot recently with the apps for the foreign parks, mm. just because they have been, uh, especially when Shanghai first opened. They, I've had the apps for some, quite some like for years on my phone, um, just because it's fun to look at them uh, in the same way that you do. But now they're almost somewhat more interesting because they're utilizing the the less capacity, you know. So gathering what a weight looks like in a you know, much smaller capacity size. Shanghai Disneyland is very interesting because you're like, oh, interesting. Like, is this this attraction particularly popular right now or is it because of the way they are spacing out the attractions? Right. You know, like, like so much that goes into that, like things that used to be people leaders now can't be that way anymore because the boat, for whatever reason, let's say Shanghai Pirates is not packed anymore and we know both you and i that wdi designed this thing to push them through right. and now it's no longer that thing anymore Every other you know? road doesn't necessarily do that for us anymore mm-hmm. yeah so yeah this is uh i'm fascinated about how this will change the way wdi looks at attractions that they have not designed yet in the future um do they still move forward with that push them through mentality or do they make slight alterations to where that may not necessarily be the most one of the most important things when creating an attraction anymore you know yeah no i mean you you bring up a good point that there's there's got to be projects right now where Mm -hmm. you know a a guy and a gal's like hmm this hallway we've been working on i'm suddenly (laughs) now seeing a whole different angle for what we're trying to accomplish you know because it can't be this little anymore (laughs) no no and you know so many of the things that you're like, oh, you know, this thing at Disneyland, it'll be this way forever because it's grandfathered in. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure the Wrecking Ball is going to have to come for a couple of things and just sort of redesign stuff. But, you know, uh, at time of recording this, Downtown Disney is now open. But mm-hmm. you and I are two days away from getting uh, to go in there for the first time. And I'm really curious to see, do people hold off on Downtown Disney because it's too much of a teaser and it's not the real thing mm-hmm. or do people just want to be close to it you know because when mm-hmm. i go there if i can walk up to the gates of disneyland and just stare at the train station you better believe i'm standing there so it'll be mm-hmm. very interesting to see the true love for downtown disney um when it's standing on its own without yes. the magic of dca and disneyland sort of making it a, a plus for an evening or an off day on your hotel reservation. Mm-hmm. I believe to make you smile that that is, I think it's supposed to be the case. I need to look for sure because I believe they're going to have people um, uh, be able to walk that way. If they're leaving, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to double check that, but I believe that there will be business there because like you and I, there's that fix that you need to get. Yes. And while not all of downtown Disney is the Disney fix, like I know, I, I already know people that just want to go to 
to go into World of Disney. Right. Because that shop alone feels I'm like yeah. that it feels like Disney, like being surrounded by the merchandise and the characters and the all the projection stuff. Like right. that shop exudes that like emporium. Buena Vista Street, Main Street feel. Yeah, it has that the same vibe, get. same merch. You know, it's mm-hmm. arguably the world's greatest Disney store because it's not actually mm-hmm. in the parks, but it has that vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, on my list of things to do is I want to go into that shop. I cannot wait to crush some salt and straw. <laughs> cannot wait. Just going to open up my mask and just drop the scoops in and whatever happens, happens. But um, Like a horse with a horse feed? Yeah, just- <laughs> horse to feed on my face. But I, I also just want to, like, you know, sit on a planner and just listen to the loop. You know, I just, I, mm-hmm. I just, I want to feel it alive again. And I'm very excited to do that. Yeah, it'll have a good feel like there's a that that feeling or that presence that comes from the people watching aspect the the music um the cast members uh, that i know that that i know that uh, are excited to be back there to be giving you know i had a friend um messaged me a lot not that long ago and he's like i can't wait to make magic again mm-hmm. which is such a thing like where i love when you say like thank you for your service it's like individuals who are excited to make people happy again in ways and granted it won't be nearly as extravagant as when the park is open but still i I can't people take get that job at the park because they really love making people smile and being a part of this much bigger thing and being surrounded by that um and even just seeing the care like not the, the characters themselves but like the it's such a familiar home thing for so many people right like right. you've walked this thing and I think a lot of people take downtime for granted because for many it's used just as the pathway to get back to your hotel. Yeah. But now that it exists as this it's the only Disney thing you can do, it will take on that whole other feel of I, Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it'll take on a whole new meaning and vibe to people that, you know, this is the the, the appetizer, right? Like to kind yeah. of hold you over till the main course is made available. And um, you know, I even though I'm the champion, world record, no big deal. Um, no big deal. <laughs> you know, if you let me, I'm going to walk out of the park every time because walking through downtown and then going, you know, somehow around the Disney Hotel, it just keeps the magic going. And, and mm-hmm. you know, we, we keep giving up things for progress. And one of the things that we lost in the last couple of years that I was sad about um, is I used to love that walkway where you could basically walk on the outside of downtown Disney and you were mm-hmm. walking parallel with the tram course. Like I yes. love that. Like mm-hmm. it felt like a Disneyland trail and you're in the woods and you weren't really, you know, you weren't submerged in commerce. It like but, took you out to the street. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I love that pathway so much, but I'm also a big fan of the new bridge and the, the, the wacky yes. like, walk up to get to it. So um, <laughs> it will be, it will be really, really fun to go to downtown Disney. And I'm not, you know, I don't know if I would do that once a week like I do the park but from mm-hmm. time to time over the next month or months it will be nice to have that as an option uh, I know that we lost the the void for a couple of different reasons but mm-hmm. that felt too weird to do during COVID times like who else <laughs> wore this helmet today so I can kind of understand yeah, I, that one but I couldn't imagine that they would have been open anyway yeah and we all know that they cleaned obviously in between individuals there's no way right that you put that thing on and feel someone else's sweaty you know head on this but 
it's still an odd thing to to have in these you times know, yeah in these times yeah like they would have had to have held off a little bit longer than everybody else um but yeah the vibe you know i think it's going to take on a whole new meaning of um and i and i do agree with you that there are people that are going to be holding off because in looking and talking to friends who are at disney springs in florida it's not nearly as busy because a lot of people are waiting for that park part right, to open for right. now the park is a compliment the downtown disney or disney springs is a compliment to the park experience where i've done a big day in the parks and now i want to finish up with springs or downtown disney so they're going to wait for that but there are others that i know that that want that fix and that like oh they're they're like it's like playing that like a game where they're like all right bricky we're going to let you in you can walk 10 feet closer to disneyland they're like okay let I'll me take walk it. i'll take 10 i'll feet. take that 10 feet and they're yeah. like, okay, now you can walk. Uh, you can walk another fifteen feet closer. You're like, all right, I just want to keep getting closer and closer to it. If they really wanted to help out the restaurant tours, I think the greatest because we could, we don't, we have no idea when it's opening back up. I mean, it could mm-hmm. be August. It could very well be January. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. I think if they wanted to make a primo Disney experience that people would feel safe, is you take the Espananda and mm-hmm. you socially distance that as a giant food court and you run that loop and you give me the ability to go get my salt and straw or to go get my pizza or my Mediterranean food or my Mexican food or my Louisiana food. And I can easily go get it, buy it from one of those merchants. And then I can go out there and get my table and have a view of DCA, have a view of Disneyland, have that loop going and feel like I'm 15 feet from everybody around me at my own little circular table. Mm-hmm. I'm eating dinner Done. once a week. Once a week, I'm sitting in there. <laughs> once a week, I'm out there eating. Just also so you can hear that Esplanade loop as well. You got a friend <laughs> in me. I'm just like, I wonder what movie this is from. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Who made this song? No, I, I, that would be the perfect use for that area. Is And that would be one of those amazing picks of like, you remember in 2020 when they used this as a food court when they couldn't mm-hmm. open up the parks? Like... Like no way! Like yeah, man, I had a table right here. That's the crazy <laughs> thing about Disneyland and, and being coming a student of it is people tell you something and you're like shut up, and then you go research mm-hmm. and you're like son Whoa. of a, that was something that happened. <laughs> I still say greatest cast member of all time is the poor astronaut that had to walk around in the Anaheim sun with a fishbowl oh on his head. Gosh. How did that guy yes. not have a heat stroke? <laughs> The hardest working, <laughs> the hardest working cast member. Oh my lord! When you see those photos, you're like, how did he not die every day? Yeah, that like reflective, like <laughs> silver. <laughs> Just it looks like he's in tin foil, like a, um, um, a thing that you would use to heat up like a hot pocket. You know, that uh, yeah, inter- the that Christmas sleeve. <laughs> the Christmas sleeve. <laughs> Lander, thank you for taking another lap with me. Thank you for helping me make sure that I'm ready to take on this task. Um, you are ready. It's going to be a grueling day, but I couldn't think of any place else I'd rather be on July 17th and at Disneyland, even if it has to be virtual this year. Yeah, it'll be fun popping in and out and people checking in and kind of commenting, you You're know, doing it wrong. keeping it going. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Why'd you go this way? You know? 
Oh my goodness. I've I've been practicing and doing like little three hour tours every Friday and Mm -hmm. just a virtual roll through Disneyland. People are just excited to kind of fill it. And this last week I, I showed my footage from uh, this year's veterans day and did the flag ceremony. Okay. People were, people were just excited to be in there and watching my own footage and seeing me in there. And like, I was like, Oh God, I miss it so bad. Mm -hmm. But like, it's, it's, uh, it's digging in deep. It really is. And then, you know, whether you were happy or sad about the reopening date, it mm-hmm. just was nice to have that on the horizon, right? Yeah. And now we're back into the abyss, and um, <laughs> pushing you back on the pool. I, I really didn't. I, mm-hmm. I thought that the the downtown would would get canceled, but if you you think about it, like you know, the shopping areas where I live here and where you live, they're, they're all open. Yeah. These merchants deserve the the same rights to be open and to. To not be paying rent and to have customers show up. Oh what a novel gosh. idea. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go there and I'm going to be excited about it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm glad we get to hang out and do it together. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's uh, it's fun to do it as friends. And uh, I'm doing also, like, good to just to see. It'll be fun to see um, my buddies that are going to be there as well. Yeah. Um, and kind of, like, ask them how it's been and see... And a lot of things, I think it'll be nice for people to see all of the safety precautionary things. Right. Because from what I looked into Disney Springs, it's 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 very well done. Um, a lot of things were thought of. Uh, some things that I saw that no one else even thought of, which was great. Because I've been looking into other theme parks like Universal has opened up uh, their Florida version um, and other places. But I saw the thing, SeaWorld in uh, Florida, uh, that Disney... It was nice for them to take their time because they were able to look at what everyone else was doing, yeah, and then do that or even do it better in some cases. Like Disney, still to this, when we're recording this, they were the only people that I had seen that had removed the flap on the trash can. Um, yeah. So now you don't push it open with your hand anymore. It they just flat out took it out, and I hadn't seen anyone else do that up to that point. But it's just like little things that you don't think about, like one less thing you have to touch. You know, uh, to you know, ensure that you are not going to get sick or whatnot. But it's little stuff like that which is important. So I'm interested to see um, how they work the flow of that location because unlike Disney Springs, ours is that very specific corridor. Right. You know, you know how they have the walkways, or I'm sure you know how like Uva Bar is in the middle. Like, is one going to be going up and one going down? Right. You know, right. so many things to think of, and that I think, like, I think you also agree with that that kind of planning or that tiny details oriented stuff is so fascinating oh, you like yeah. to be a part of that it's like part the of guest it. flow mm-hmm. yeah and, and you know i've said this to people people are like so bricky when are you going they're like you know disneyland opens tomorrow when are you going to go tomorrow and they're kind of blown <laughs> away and i'm like well it's not disneyland with 55 60,000 people in it mm-hmm. and at some point I got to go back out in the world and start living my life. And I would love to do that someplace that is a private property where safety Mm -hmm. is being managed and maintained. Because right now, if I just walk down, you know, the streets where I live here in Southern California, there's no sheriff on the corner telling people like, yo, you got to do this. You got to go home. It's everybody's kind of just living by their own rules. And some people are being very judgy on either side of the fence. So I love the idea of going someplace where there's agreed upon set of rules and everybody Mm -hmm. has to participate or they have to go home. 
And yeah. I really wish America was being ran that way right now. Um, so going someplace where those rules are decided for you, I actually very much look forward to that. <laughs> Having the security there, the guest experience team there that are answering questions, making sure that everyone's wearing their mask properly. Like you, it, it feels good to know that there will be places that exist that are like that, where you yeah. can enjoy a little bit of what you used to have, knowing that um, this is the least possible place that you could potentially get sick due to the fact that specific rules are being enforced um, and you're still able to kind of go out and have, you know, a little bit of fun like you used to have. Not the exact same, but, no. you know, kind of slowly stepping back into that that pool that we used to be in. I'm telling you right now, if they did a ticket where it's like none of the rides are open, but you can come in and sit on a bench. Your day one. Or you can have a, <laughs> you can have a lunch or whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for a Disney dinner package only where I get my fried chicken and I just mm -hmm. sit next to Astro Orbiters and like <laughs> don't let anybody ride them but just run them I just want to see Dumbo I'm never riding Dumbo anyways but I just want to see it going around <laughs> in circles let the teacups run and that look ooh, doo -doo 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 -doo. like yeah, yeah I just want to hear the music that's I, like that is more than enough for you sell me it's that like, ticket all day long in fact if they just if they need a little extra money when they're powering everything up I'll buy that ticket you know I just I just want to <laughs> I just want to be in there and be around the ambiance of it, ambiance of it all. And, you know, if there's other people that like have to go in and crush rides, that's their Disney experience. But to me, I'm all about the vibes. And I just think that this is, if you can get your head right, this is a very pivotal and interesting chapter in the park's history. And mm -hmm. we are all given the opportunity to go there and to see it happen with our own eyes. So I look mm -hmm. forward to it. And, um, you know, I love reading all the details. One of the things I'm most excited about seeing when I get back into socially distant Disneyland is the social squad. I'm mm -hmm. very interested to see that positive reinforcement. Like, oh, I love your mask. I love the way you're wearing your mask. And, you know, yeah. working with kids to feel safe and to have self-confidence that your mask is cool and it's part of what you're doing. Like, I love that positive reinforcement and, and positive peer pressure. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that part of attractions runs but mm -hmm. Philander thanks a lot for doing this with me man it's always a good time I'll see you this Friday at virtual Disneyland Woo! <laughs> thanks friends I thought I could do it before but now I feel completely capable of doing the unheard of, recreating an entire operational day of Disneyland, 18 hour live stream, trying to bring it all together because I'm telling you right now, this Friday, I, I don't wanna sit around being bummed out that the park's not open. I don't wanna sit around thinking about for the first time in 65 years on July 17th, people can't go to 1313 Disneyland Drive and celebrate what this thing means to all of us. So if just one person shows up, well, hopefully one person at Twitch and one person over at YouTube so I can justify that they're both there. So if two other people show up, and even if I don't know you, even if we're strangers, I know one thing. Friend, if you've made it this far in today's episode, you love Disneyland like I love Disneyland, which means strangers, socially distant, far apart, it doesn't matter because you and I, we're citizens of Disneyland and we have to celebrate this park that we love so much we have to try to make friday feel as normal as possible we have to just totally get into the mindset that we're at disneyland because for one day for one day 
We can show each other and the world how much we love this place, but also for one day, we can escape from wherever we're actually at today. And that is my goal, just to create a good time, a good vibe for everybody that shows up. And I guarantee you, I will work my hardest to make that happen. But it only happens if I see you this Friday at Virtual Disneyland over on YouTube. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash adventures in design. And then I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv AID network. Both streams are absolutely free. Uh, It doesn't cost anything to show up other than your time and your love of Disneyland. So until this place reopens, you can see me here each and every Wednesday as I reopen the gates and take you into Disneyland with me. And maybe one of my friends will join us as well. Thank you so much for showing up. Thank you so much for listening. I hope wherever you're at, you're feeling safe, you're feeling good, and this help you escape and remind you of that love that you have for Disneyland. Till the next time I see you, friend, make sure you live the magic every single day.